Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will be discussing with the American Statesman's host, Sally Baptiste, on the government takeaway of citizens' voting rights. And we will be discussing that on a particular incident, as well as the chance that you may lose your rights as well, even in lieu of illegals and non-citizens getting rights in the United States to vote. I believe our guest is on the line, so let me go ahead and open it up to Sally. Uh, Sally, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you, and so much for inviting me on to talk about this very serious issue. Yeah, certainly, uh, and hopefully one uh, one day soon we'll be able to get uh, Miriam on. Of course, at uh, 100 years of age, uh, coming on to a, a show at uh, 10 o'clock in the evening may be uh, <laughs> something more to ask for, but uh, we'd love to even have her on for just a few minutes just for people to hear her live. Uh, and perhaps she's even been on your show, I'm thinking, uh, as well. Yes, we're we're going to work on getting her on the show. We do have to work with her schedule a little bit. Um, that was part of the sure. reason why uh, me and uh, some other people we had a did a video. It's called "Let Me Vote," and you've got the link out there on your show page. I saw that. Um, uh, did did an inter- interview with her during the day so that people could meet her and listen to her. Listen to this lady that the state of Florida has taken her voting rights away from it, and just be um, uh, totally disgusted by it. It's. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot to it, so I don't know if you want me just to kind of start from the beginning of it, or if you have any specific questions of how you want to dive into this. What has happened to her name? Her name is Miriam Lancaster, Miriam Elizabeth Lancaster, and she's 100. She turned 100 in December. She'll be 101 on Pearl Harbor Day, de- December 7th. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I always think it is good to start from the beginning. So let's start. Let's go there. Well, uh, a while back, um, a couple years ago, Miriam had an accident. Uh, When she was 98, she was still driving her Cadillac and doing her own thing and living on her own. And uh, she uh, fell, fell at the house that she was staying at, which was um, through Florida Hospital. And there was a lawsuit. And um, where she fell, it was so, um, it was reckless for Florida Hospital to not make sure there was proper railing on, on the steps where she fell. But when she fell, at the, you know, at that time, yes, she was 98, so she had a little bit of memory loss here and there, but nothing serious. But it did get a lot worse with her falling, and she hit her head on the concrete. Um, so, mm. you know, she had she had some additional memory loss, if you will. And um, when she came back, she had been in rehab for quite a while, and when she uh, got back to her, her house, 
she just um, she needed some additional care. She should she really truly needed some additional care. And then there was, of course, a lawsuit in reference to um, damages and things like that. Myself, I was not um, uh, in in the final. Dis- you know, there was a non-disclosure of all these kind of things. You know how the hospitals do this stuff. So I don't really know how much the settlement was. And another lady was her power of attorney at that time, and so um, there was a settlement. And it's it, when she was back on her own, there was some concerns that she wasn't, um, because of some of the memory loss, that she was having a little bit of problem managing some of her finances and not paying some bills, just things to go with the memory. And then, you know, not uh, in, in the same house where she fell, and there was concerns she would fall again and things like that. One thing led to another, and there was a petition for guardianship. And trust me, I know more about Florida guardianship now than I ever ever knew before, ever really wanted to know. But it makes you realize um, ignorance is not bliss. It's it's very expensive. And people need to understand what Florida does with guardianship and how this impacts all of us, but especially going after the seniors who would be more apt to have a situation well, like this and this, can happen, and this can happen in any state. Well, not every state treats guardianship the same way. Not every state uses a guardianship as a way to take away your rights, but Florida is one of them. And so that that's the other part that's so disgusting. And just kind of give people a little bit of background. Okay, so a person petitions the court. They go through this process, and they evaluate the person. And this, who knows how this evaluation came about? This is another thing that there's many, many questions about. It was almost like a conspiracy against this lady to say we're gonna we're gonna condemn her. We're gonna say she's totally incapacitated so that we can control her. We're gonna be able to do what we want, and that's basically what happened here. Uh, somehow, through the court's wisdom, if you want to call it that, they came up right. with a conclusion, uh, conclusion or diagnosis that Miriam is totally incapacitated. Okay. So once they do this, um, they appoint, the court appoints a plenary guardianship. And that word plenary guardian is very important um, because what the deal is with Florida, there's two types of guardianship. There's a limited guardianship and there's a plenary guardianship. A limited guardianship, which would have made perfectly good sense to me, that's what I would have thought the state would have done, uh, would have been somebody to kind of oversee and, and help her with some of her finances and some of the stuff, just to kind of keep her on track and make sure that that nobody was abusing her financially and that she was remembering to pay her bills and just those kind of general things, just some o- overall supervision on her, on her uh, well-being. That would have made perfectly good sense. And I don't think she would have had any problem with that either because she admitted her memory was her, her favorite line, and not to be rude, but she said, my memory sucks these days. That's just kind of what she says. <laughs> she she understands well enough to know she's got a problem with her memory not being 100%, which by itself tells you she's not totally incapacitated. But um, when they do this uh, totally incapacitated, they appoint a plenary guardian. So you've got two choices in the state of Florida, a limited guardianship or this plenary guardianship. And the plenary guardianship literally takes away the person's rights. When they appoint a plenary guardian, you have no rights. That guardian takes over your finances, takes over your health care, takes over your property, Mm -hmm. and the state takes away your voting rights at the same time. You have no rights. You are now a ward of the state, uh, and they will do as they feel like to you, and that's pretty much it. And that's what has happened to Miriam. 
um, and she's not fully incapacitated. The bottom line of all this, she is not totally incapacitated, and we've proven that. All you got to do is watch that video. Um, yeah, she has some memory loss, so I don't remember everything either. Uh, but would that be grounds to go out there and say that you're not able to vote anymore? We don't think you can think clearly enough to vote. And that's a very big thing, too, that people need to um, be aware of what it really means when the, the state – and there's laws against this stuff. There really is. The mm-hmm. state goes and says, well, you know, we we don't think you're smart enough. We don't think you have the mental ability to make the right choice and to vote. It's not to go out there and say who's smart enough to vote or that you're going to understand the vote well, enough. Well, sure, the country wouldn't be able to – Half the country, in my opinion, maybe half the country, in my opinion, won't be able to vote. Maybe they shouldn't. No, I'm just kidding, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, that's that's the whole point. That truly is the, the whole point. It's like, wait a minute. We stopped this years ago. They There were laws against going out there and giving some type of literacy test or uh, to say that whether you were smart enough to vote or whether you – I mean, how many people voted who thought uh, – and I remember this so plainly when Obama was first running. Uh, how many people actually they, – they went out on the streets and said, do you think Sarah Palin will be a good vice president for Obama? Oh, yeah, we love Obama. We love Sarah Palin. Yeah, we're going to vote for her. We're voting for – Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> you let these people exactly. <laughs> so – it's absolutely disgusting that they would do this. So you, you have the one – you have the law of the civil no, rights law. No, no I do question – and I watched the videos, you know, when, uh, when they talked about it on Channel uh, 9 down there. And, and I do question uh, one thing is, you know, she did vote for Al Gore, but uh, – no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, this is – Miriam and I, uh, we actually met years ago. And just to kind of give you a little bit of background, too, I've known Miriam for about 20 years. Uh, As it would turn out, my mother happened to pass away in 1996. And I met Miriam in 1996. Miriam and I met at a political event to begin with. Miriam has always been very involved in political stuff. She's always been out there engaged in the public discussion and that type of thing. And so I've known Miriam for a very long time. Uh, at what is she helped me when I was running for Orange County Mayor? We fought various issues together. We went to county commission meetings together. Uh, it would be really something, and I, I tell people the story all the time because it's so true. You know, you, you go to a county commission meeting, and the the, the subjects or the peasants, you know, like uh, you and me, we're allowed two minutes to speak, three minutes on a good day. So you go up there and you address whatever the issue is. And that uh, time comes up, oh, time, time to go, shut up, sit down, you know, kind of thing. That's the way they treat us because we I are like the some people in some talk shows on like this one. <laughs> and then, and then uh, she gets up there and she starts talking. Well, you know, being a senior elderly lady, and she's very articulate in the way she just uh, addresses them and all the stuff, they never stop her. <laughs> they they really – they um. They knew they would not be looking too good if they insulted or was mean to this elderly person who went up there and addressed them. So they never did it with her, but she'd be up there a perfect perfect uh, speaker to them and address issues. She's always been very much engaged, engaged in the process. At one time, we were both on the um, Republican Executive Committee together. And after what the Republican committee did with me playing games with my election, and I said, this is the way you guys operate. I can't be part of you. And I left the Republican Party at that point. 
Is it because you truly don't stand for anything? And she also left the Republican Party about that same time. So she went to being a Democrat, and um, she actually did vote for that guy in the White House. And I was like, well, you know what? If that's what you what you believe, okay, don't you know? I'm not going to try to figure it out, but but. I still wouldn't take away her because she voted for Obama. Yeah, I was told that, too. I mentioned that. I was just in jest, mentioned that to someone uh, last night, uh, and they were like, well, it's not about that. It's about a right to vote. I said, I know. I was just joking. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, of course. Of course. If I could, you know, if I could somehow prevent everybody from voting, I mean, here, we're in Florida here. We had the primaries yesterday. I voted. I can tell you nobody that I voted for got elected because I won't keep voting for the same people over and over again, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> so I question people's logic of just voting for parties and whatever else. But um, but anyway, so ignorance, uh, no reason to take away her right to vote. Because I don't. we agreed on many things. We agreed on issues in, in most cases. But when it came to this guy, she just happened to like him, so she voted for him. And what can I say? But um, the thing is, she's always been engaged. She's she's gone up to Tallahassee. She used to be part of the Silver uh, Florida Silver Hair Legislators, and addressing um, different committees and stuff like that. She's um, this isn't like somebody who someone's trying to force them to vote. This isn't like trying to um, take advantage and say, okay, we're we want her to vote because we're going to go vote everything that she wants, and we're going to vote what we want for her, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Right. That, that's not person who went in on her own um, on her own free will using a walker she does not use a wheelchair she uses a walker into the mm-hmm. supervised Orange County supervisor elections and gave her ID gave her name gave you know whatever answered all the basic questions and said I want to vote and the state of Florida has removed her from the voting registration registers they w- could not do it they gave her a provisional ballot which we all know deep down what's going to happen. So, yep, the state has taken her off it, so we're going to trash it. We're not going to count her vote, uh, but we did let her vote just to make her feel good. That's pretty much all it really mm. does. Um, but um, it's it's just that easy for the state to take away all your rights. The um, And I'll kind of start there see if you have any questions, but then I'll tell you what we've been trying to do to restore her rights. But that's the next piece. And did you have any questions? Uh, no, I think it's going well, but uh, we have Susan on the line. She may have uh, some questions. Uh, so go ahead, Susan, and thank you for coming to the show. How are nope. you? I have your mic here. But there you go. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, well, I, I can only say that um, people in Arizona, they have no brain. They voted John McCain at 80 years old back in. He shouldn't even be in there. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I was a surprise, but. Yeah. And dead, dead people vote, uh, so they're more confident than her, and they're dead. Okay. Um, hmm. And then, uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but Rockefeller is 101 years old, and he has had his seventh heart transplant. And, you know, I wow. mean, you look at him. Yeah, uh, so he is buying hearts that could go to kid or somebody else because he's rich and old and uh, staying alive yeah. that way. And and so we're, we're the ones who don't know how to vote or what to say or do. Hmm. That, that's really the kettle, uh, what is it, the saying, calling the pot the kettle black or whatever, pot counting, the kettle, <laughs> kettle black. 
I mean, to say those Whatever the way it's said, right? Doesn't matter. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I mean, uh, McCain back in, oh, my God. Well, I mean, he's for the Republicans. Are they idiots over there? I mean, you know, I mean, so you wonder about her at 100 years old, whatever she does, couldn't be worse than all those morons. Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, to try and go and say she's not able to vote doesn't. It's it just again the nerve of the state to go and try and say that you're smart enough. If you have the the will to go into that uh, a precinct to cast your vote, and, and you're um, um, a citizen, I mean, of course, illegals can vote. That's the part, you know. It's like if you're illegal, oh, yeah, that drives yeah, me nuts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> They're getting thousands of Muslims to sign up, even women. Now, I thought, I thought I watched the video and it showed Muslim women vote, uh, signing up to vote. I'm like, in their country, they couldn't do that. It would be illegal. But they're using those women, uh, the parties, and the uh, the men even, to get who they want. Uh, so the women have the right to do that here just to help out certain things. So these women know nothing, no doubt. They know nothing. And yet they're allowed to vote. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so so disgusting. I mean, the um, well, when, you know, I took her down to the vote and all that type of stuff, and then you realize the um, how many people are voting that don't know what's going on? How many people don't want to vote? Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, Florida, eighteen percent of the people in Florida are uh, seniors, elderly. And I, I've started warning people, don't retire in Florida. You better watch out. You're going to lose your rights because you really do lose your rights. And before this is over, I'm going to read a couple of pieces out of the statute of what they're supposed to do versus what it, what they are doing. And I said, you know, to go and do this to somebody, it's just it's so, so outrageous. You know, it's it's beyond the – at times I just – this isn't America. How can this be America, you know? And yet they would let all these other illegals do it. But the thing, there was, a, mm-hmm. I guess, a situation here in Florida, and I'm sure it's been a situation in other states, but even worse with Florida because of the senior population, that different groups, including the League of Women Voters or whoever, to take any group out there that would pretend to be caring about the elderly people, and they would go to the various nursing homes or assisted living facilities or whatever and bring in their ballots and say, here, we're going to help you vote, and then they would fill in the ballot for them, basically, and do whatever they wanted to. So there was massive abuse of that kind of stuff, and that obviously shouldn't be allowed to happen. You shouldn't be able to go in there and harvest votes the way you feel like doing it with people who are unable um, to vote on on their own. Take advantage. That that is truly taking advantage of the situation. So, um, but here, this is a different case. This is a lady who went inside the building to the, the voting precinct on her own and said, "I want to vote," and wanted. And, and she asked me to help her because she always does. That's just something she's done for the last few years. And so I and we've already gone over the stuff. What we've done in the last few years is, um, I mean, we've always talked about the elections, but in the last few years, we take the the ballot, a sample ballot. We go through it. We say what the uh, uh, different issues are. Here's who we like, who we don't like. Sometimes she agrees with me. Sometimes she doesn't. Whatever. That's her choice. And then we go and we fill out a sample ballot type thing, and then she takes that in with her to vote. That's typically the way we would do it. And so it's, it's not uncommon that she would ask me. And, and I, I sign a paper saying yes. She she signs that she wants me to assist her, and then I sign the paper, and then I sit there, mm-hmm. and we go 
It's not anybody coercive. My, my dad had a stroke, and I had to do that on a number of occasions. Right, yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. And really, I, and, and I'm pushing, you know, uh, as this is happening, I've suggested it a few times in case anybody in, in Tallahassee is listening, that um, anybody, any individual should have the right as part of a living will or whatever to go out there and say, I want to designate so-and-so to be my surrogate in the in the event I am unable to vote for myself because of some um, accident or whatever so that I still have a right to vote. That right to vote should never be taken away, never. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you're incarcerated and you're behind bars, okay, right, you do lose that right yeah, to vote. Yeah, they're all Yeah, they're trying to get – yeah, they're trying to get it so they can go. They can vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's of course that's been a topic here in Florida too. It's like, and on, on that note, okay, say you uh, were you know caught smoking pot or whatever, and they put you in jail for two years, three years. You're a felon now, or whatever, and they release you out into society. The, the the challenge here in Florida is once they release you back into society, should you regain that voting right? And that's where the question comes up. And I would say, well, if you paid your debt to society to the point that they were willing to let you go back out in, into society, it seems like you should be able to participate in society to do that. Now, people who have been who murdered people and things like that, they should be staying in jail to begin with. <laughs> they shouldn't be back out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go – and I mean seriously, if – Somebody uh, was arrested for a smoking pot at some time, whether you like it or not or whatever, but that's what they were doing. Would you say that should mean they should never be allowed to vote again? I think that's a little bit extreme. And that part, you should you, once agree. they say you've paid your price to society and you're now put back into society, you should be allowed to vote as well. So there's all these games of what we do to manipulate, to take away rights and to manipulate the ballot box. It's so absolutely disgusting. And the the way they did this with this lady taking away all of her rights, saying she's totally incapacitated. And the um, and uh, I know that Doctor Torbert is listening. He's given me a couple of text messages here. He he knows some of the law on this, so I may ask him to uh, chime in here and, and kind of explain some of the research too on uh, Miriam's rights. Her rights have been violated. The um, the other part that's happened on this, just so people understand this guardianship stuff, like I said, a plenary guardianship means she has no rights. None. They've all been taken away. And I will read the statute stuff on this in a minute. The um, Now, because of this, they took her out of the place that she was living, put her into an assisted living facility, which she was actually doing quite well there. Okay, fine. Uh she just didn't seem to mind it, so she was okay. But then they go – after they've used all her money from the lawsuit, the money's all gone. And I know somewhere – probably over $40,000, but definitely in the range of $40,000 has gone to legal fees, taking money away from this lady to abuse her like this. Now there's no money left. Now they put her into a nursing home that she does not need, uh, this nursing home where they – do nothing for her uh, except bring so-called food. Not for, most of us would not eat it. Uh, I understand that, <laughs> that too, yeah. Yeah, they bring this food to her. And um, 
they were supposed to give her physical therapy and stuff like that, but that hasn't really happened much. They do, they truly do nothing else. I mean, they wash the bed linen or something like that. She she takes care of all her her own personal care. She goes to the bathroom on her own. She eats her own food. She washes her face. She puts her makeup on. You know, she does all those activities things for of daily living is what they call it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So she's not bedridden like she's you know um, in some kind of vegetated state. But now, but now they literally have an ankle bracelet on her like she's a criminal. She's not. She's not. Um, she doesn't suffer with Alzheimer's. She has this uh, memory loss that's, that is not Alzheimer's. People need to understand the difference of some right. of these different forms of dementia too. She's not going to go roam off and walk down the middle of the street. The only time she's ever been in that kind of condition is when she wasn't fed, when she was malnourished. And we saw those those things happen where she really didn't know where she was, and it was really because she was half starved to death. And um, Miriam is a person who who does not go for the traditional medical physician medical help. She has a chiropractor. She has had gone to chiropractic ever since the age of seven. She does not believe Bravo. in prescription drugs. She takes no prescription drugs, um, but she she likes to take different supplements for her diet. Her food and her diet and, and the supplements. This place. I love her already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. That's, that's how I am. am. That's how I am. Well, but exactly. they're going to say I mean, you're crazy. They're going to say you're crazy if you do that because they've gone after natural doctors. They always try and take our supplements away. They're always trying to do this and that because Big Pharma wants to make the money off you. Exactly, and so. Miriam, went, as part of the silver-haired legislators, she went up to Tallahassee and she fought or spoke in behalf of naturopathic doctors and said they should have the right to practice, and the medical doctors are just fighting them because they're afraid they're going to lose their money. Uh, I mean, I, I can actually send that uh, that article to you if you'd like it because it's out there on the, on the net where she went and addressed them and said this is wrong, what they're doing. She doesn't take prescription drugs and. At that time, I think she was like 88 when she did this, and she said at, the, at that time, she said, nobody's any healthier than me. The only problem I got are my knees, and that's because I was dancing too much. <laughs> so you would say, I mean, it's one plaintiff for this, is, is you, would, you would maybe surmise that the reason why they took her voting rights away is because they didn't like her activism. Yeah, I mean, that might have been it. But, it, you know, I, I, again, why they came up with this plenary guardianship thing is the part that it just totally astounds me, except to take total control of her. I don't know if it was necessarily her political activism or just taking total control of this woman and having full control over the finances and uh, taking, you know, and to me, to a certain degree, probably more to do with the money than anything else. Maybe it was to take control over that money. Maybe some lawyers saw some easy money that they could get. I don't know. Um, so I don't really know how much it was political activism versus wanting to totally control this person. This is the way the state can use but, as an excuse to take control of you. Do you know how widespread this is? Well, when Channel 9 did their report, it seems to me, I believe they they stated something about three or 4,000 um, um, guardianships, appointed, court-appointed guardianships in the state of Florida. And I guess to some people that won't sound like much. But that's still a lot of people to just go go and strip their rights away from them. It's and the thing is, if they can do that, it's only going to get worse. The it's, it's going to grow. And you know, when it comes to people with other disabilities, maybe it could be worse than what it, what we. How many people truly have some form of guardianship 
plenary guardianship in the state of Florida where they have the have the elders' rights taken away, where I believe this this article focused on the elderly. And, you know, there's probably some elderly people who would say, you know, I'm, I've done all I can for this crazy country, and they're, look what they're doing. I'm not going to vote anymore. Maybe they don't want to vote. And, and so you don't even really know what's an issue. But for those that uh, do want to vote, they, they've taken away their rights to do it. It's just um, it's despicable. And anybody who would support what they're doing here, I just can't call you an American. So the takeaway, it, it's the other way around. You should be doing everything to protect someone's rights to vote. You, sh- you should make. We should be doing everything to ensure legal Americans have the right to vote. I'm so, uh, can you hear me? Okay, I'm hearing some noise. There. I'm not sure if that's. Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's coming uh, from you, Susan. If you pipe it down over there, young lady, uh, and keep that. Oh, okay. Uh, I I went out and got a few cranberries out of the bag. Yeah, and and I'm going to um. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, let me go ahead and um, read now. If you want to learn about Florida, this is um, the state statute is seven four four. And it goes into types of guardianship, powers of attorney, and this type of thing. And um, it goes into, say, um, legislative intent, okay? And this is 744.1012, Section 1. Adjudicating a person totally incapacitated and in need of guardian deprives such person of all her or his civil and legal rights and that such deprivation may be unnecessary. But just just re, forgive that last part, may be unnecessary, which is the other issue here, may be unnecessary. But adjudicating a person totally incapacitated and in need of a guardian deprives such person of all her or his civil and legal rights. That's the state of Florida. And then the second one, same section, but item two here. It is desirable to make available the least restrictive form of guardianship to assist persons who are only partially incapable of caring for their needs and that alternatives to guardianship and less restrictive means of assistance, including but not limited to guardian advocates, be explored before a plenary guardian is appointed. I guarantee you they didn't do that. Uh, the number three, by recognizing that every individual has unique needs and differing abilities, it is the purpose of this act to promote the public welfare by establishing a system that permits incapacitated persons to participate as fully as possible in all decisions affecting them. That assists such persons in meeting the essential requirements for their physical health and safety in protecting their rights and managing their financial resources and in developing or regaining that's re- developing or regaining their abilities to the maximum extent possible. And that accomplishes these objectives through providing in each case the form of assistance that least interferes with the legal capacity of a person to act in her or his own behalf. This act shall be liberally construed to accomplish this person. Now, what I just read there is totally opposite of what they've done in this case. They have, because she is not brain dead and vegetated, but yet they give her no say in what what they're doing. 
they have done everything they can to take away her rights. She had no choice in this nursing home that she's been put in. And she doesn't need a nursing home. She needs an assisted living facility. But that didn't matter. An assisted living facility would allow her to live, to the um, participate to the fullest, like they claim that they want to do, and allow her to participate in some of her own choices, such as food and vitamins and things like this. And I think I was starting to say about how they've taken away her supplements. They, um, uh, so they've done everything opposite of this. And, in fact, they've done it, what they've done is to harm her. The two things, and, you know, Miriam, if you saw the, the pictures out there, again, she uses a walker. She gets around. I've got pictures of her at a dog park walking, using a walker going through the sand. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do. And then she, she shows, and shows off by lifting her walker like it's uh, like lifting weights sort of thing and showing everybody how strong she is. She gets, she gets around quite easily. And, of course, the article from Channel 9. So she's got the, this ability yeah, to do Yeah, I've seen the video. <laughs> so, so, but they go and act like she can't do anything on her own. And uh, when she was at the assisted living facility, she had more choices on her um, food. She had a, a, a microwave and a small refrigerator. She had, so she had, plus they had a dining area in the, in the facility. But she would, so she would do that, plus she would take her own supplements as she chose to do it. Now she's in a nursing home. She has no refrigerator. She has no microwave. She's dependent on whatever garbage slop they put in front of her, which I don't think Dr. Oz would uh, approve of being nutritional for anyone. Uh, and I also know of those who have uh, who have been given this permission, uh, the, the guardianship and stuff. I said, well, would you eat it? No. Who who that knows Miriam and has seen what she eats there would eat that food themselves? They wouldn't. But then maybe a pig. Here, <laughs> they they take away her supplements. Here, I mean, her her chiropractor gave her two supplements. I had given her one. These are things that are known to help with. Uh, basic care plus also the dementia to help prevent it, help pre- uh, a natural supplement for anti-inflammatory, which somebody with, getting older would have with the um, uh, arthritis and stuff. And they literally took them away from her. They stole them from her. I paid for one of them, and the doctor gave them, gave the other ones to her free of charge, and they never returned them. Can I, I pay something? Sure. My dad ahead, was in a nursing home. And and this had nothing to do with the voting thing. He did have problems, but um, he had he had always drank well water, you know, and so it didn't have fluoride and chlorine in it. And um, gosh darn it, one of the ladies from our church bought him some uh, what do they call that uh, special well water? You see, some places have it. It's special water that's just natural from the ground. Um, they had that kind of uh, uh, a well, uh, but uh, even on our farm we had that. <clears throat> and it's a, it's a fancy water that is all natural. But anyway, she brought it to him, and uh, the nurse walked in, and she saw it, and she said, it's all in his head. She took the water and dumped it in the sink and said, you can drink our city water. And this had absolutely nothing to do with, you know, and I, I'd also given him a supplement like you did. And, and, and they took it away, and they threw it away, and here it was brand new on open. I could have at least returned it. So they are very power-hungry in those, those nursing homes to control those people. I mean, taking someone's water? Come on now. Although I would be tempted to say that I would do this to 
John McCain. That's leaking self control over him. <laughs> I was actually his age just telling what to do and what to eat and everything else. <laughs> Sounds like she's sharper actually than John McCain. I mean, that guy. <laughs> yes, I would, I would say that. It's kind of funny you mentioned water because. Miriam um, has has always drank the distilled water. She doesn't even she doesn't even drink the bottled spring water. And real water. quick, I I, I I I apologize for uh, I apologize for interrupting, ladies. But two things: one, I do uh, see uh, some folks on the line. Uh, we will get you in. Uh, I just pushed a one on your number dial uh, when you are ready to chime into the show. Uh, I do I believe we have uh, Doctor Tolbert on. Uh, we will get you on shortly, sir. Uh, but first, uh, we need to go ahead and hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, Check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And as a proud member of the Patriot Journalist Network, definitely check them out at www.PatriotJournalist.com. And later on the show, I will uh, regard you over to the website, uh, our website, uh, the Bard's Logic Little Talk, to our newsroom. Uh, we got some articles on there. Uh, one I may read uh, on the show tonight that it is relevant to our conversation. And one of that is, of course, you've heard about the the recent, uh, I guess, hacking of, and there's some election boards is concerned with uh, some elections. So the Homeland, the, the Department of Homeland Security is now talking about taking over or taking charge of the elections, and this is something we've talked in subsequent, or uh, not subsequent, previous shows uh, about uh, the possible fraud of. Cause it seems like the government, including the FBI, at least in my opinion, especially what we've seen what Comey did with uh, these things with the emails, uh, saying that no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute Hillary Clinton. Uh, they may all be in cahoots uh, to try to get Hillary Clinton uh, the presidency, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, perhaps because, as I said, it does link in with uh, what we're talking about tonight, uh, you know, with elections and voting. But let's go ahead and, uh, of course, go to www.patriotjournals.com, and let's go ahead and bring it back to you, ladies. And, again, for those who are on the line and you'd like to chime in, just push the one on the number dial, and I will get you in. I've got uh, Dr. Tolbert on uh, wanting to get in as well as Tom, and we will get you in the show. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring oh, okay, it back to you, uh, you, Susan. Yeah, I, and then and I then we'll bring in Dr. Tolbert. Go ahead. I interrupted yeah, your conversation for our break that I had to do, uh, but let's go ahead and bring it back okay. to you. Okay, Tom Lenz is on, and he's listening from the John Birch Society. Okay. Yeah, so he's on the uh, on the line. We'll get him in. Uh, of course, we do get in in order of the call, and Dr. Tolbert would be next. Uh, so let's go ahead and, okay. and, and finish what you guys were saying before I interrupted for our uh, needed break. And then we'll bring it back to Yeah, let me give you the other thing, too. Going into what Miriam's situation is now, there's Miriam has two primary um, illnesses, if you will, or conditions. Conditions probably the better way to say it. She has a loss of hearing, 
uh, and she wears hearing aids, and then she has the loss of memory. Neither of those are being treated. The current hearing aids she has today, uh, have her word recognition is limited to like 52%. So in the example when I was there when she was had her hearing aid, her hearing tested, I took her to have the hearing tested. The guardian wouldn't do it. Um, uh, they said, well, they said the word gap, and she thought they said gas. So there's just that little bit of being off of what you're hearing. And, you know, if you don't hear people correctly, you might not answer the question correctly either. So you got to appreciate that. Nothing's being done to improve her hearing. And then uh, the memory loss, there's nothing being done to do to solve that problem either. So here they incarcerate her in a uh, nursing home with lockdown um, uh, ankle bracelets so she can't go anywhere. They don't give her the proper nutrition. Um, the the um, guardian does take her to a chiropractor when she gets around to it. That's another story. She um, had to pre- pretty much be forced to take her on a regular basis. Otherwise, she wouldn't have done that either. So I'm like, this this is neglect and this is abuse. But try, because Miriam has no money now, the money's all gone. And even if she had money, she doesn't have rights to it because it's a plenary, uh, with a plenary guardianship, she has no rights. She's a ward of the state. She can't access it. Um, we did go through the process of um, uh, submitting the suggestion of capacity letter. Miriam hand-wrote her letter to the judge. Um, I submitted a letter. Two of her other close friends submitted letters. We have never heard anything from this court. They have totally ignored her. So what little bit of rights she has to address the court, that's even been taken away from her. To, to Really, I mean, who knows what they've done on that one. Uh, they, they did meet with the previous attorney who didn't represent her. <laughs> they did that. Uh, but trying to get back her rights is, is very difficult. And there's plenty of people who say, well, just get an attorney and do this. Oh, you can get a pro bono. Somebody would be out there and help. No, they won't. The League of Women Voters wouldn't even say it. I mean, to to go through the process, as I did, I mean, talking to all levels, national, state, and local, League of Women Voters would not stand up for the rights of a 100-year-old woman to vote. How That's sick is that? crazy. It's just sick. So we're out there. she even votes Democrat? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you would think the fact she's a Democrat might have gotten her some influence, but that didn't matter to him either. Um, so we're Jeez. out there fighting and – that's why we're asking people where we put the information out there. Contact Judge Rodriguez, Jose Rodriguez. Contact Governor Rick Scott. If everybody just blasts these people on the phones, on the email, on the faxes, go out there and, and put it in their face. Say, this is wrong. This is anti-American to go and do this to this lady. She should have the right to to vote, and she should have a right to say what she wants on this guardianship. She is not brain dead. She is not in a vegetated state, laying in bed, totally out of it. Anybody that talks to her knows that. Yes, she repeats herself on a few things and whatever, and maybe she doesn't know today's date. But that is not a reason to take away someone's rights, and that's what they have done here. They have violated her rights, and I'm sure Dr. Tolbert is going to go and recite some of the other uh, legal things and references. But if anybody out there knows a pro bono attorney who would like to make new law, would help to really show this injustice that's being done to this person, because if it's being done to her, you know it's being done to many other people. You know she's not the only one they're doing this to. Um, it's just we, we got to do something to stand up for what's right. This this is wrong, and we've got to do something to uh, to change it. And I'm going to keep pursuing it. Uh, but I'm going to say, you know, if I was Donald Trump, 
I'm sure I'd have 10 lawyers around me <laughs> who'd be willing to do all sorts of things to help us build the case for Miriam and, and take her rights back if there was that kind of money. But when you don't have money, you don't have rights. So the state took her money away from her, gave it to somebody else, and put it in their control. Most of it went back into the legal process from what I am what I know at this point. And she has no rights and she has no say in any of it. The, this is just about as un-American as it gets. But we've got to make sure we protect the refugee rights. We've got to make sure we protect the invaders. The mm-hmm. We've got to protect all their rights, but we don't care about the Americans. It's just absolutely sick. So if anybody wants to um, uh, contact me on it, You've got my email address, or I can give it. It's my name, Sally L. Baptist at att.net. They can send me uh, an email at offering on how they can help out. We've got to do something to protect Miriam's rights. We've got to restore her rights. We can't let this go on like this. Um, if you're working with any local candidates, um, talk to them about it, especially here in the state of Florida. They, sh- they should be making law to let a person – um, de- designate somebody as a surrogate to vote for them in the event they cannot vote uh, or whatever, you should never, never lose that right to vote because you think about it. Even if you are disabled and you're in some kind of vegetated state for whatever reason, you, maybe the Terry Shivos of the world or whatever out there, don't you still mm-hmm. have to have some, some representation? I, I, somebody should be able to speak on your behalf and protect your rights so they can't just keep um, doing as they do to you. You know, it's just it's just the wrong thing well, to do. Well, even, so. and even, st- even stockholders have proxies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We, we Look how we take care of everybody else, but we're not going to take care of an elderly person. And some people even go to say, you know, let's go back to good old Obamacare and death panels. How is this any different? You didn't have to wait for Obamacare to have a death panel. This This is it. And this nursing home, and, and I did put it out there in um, some of my communications, to continue to leave her in the facility she's in now is death row to this lady. They are putting her on a path to kill her. This is the uh, WTD. This is what the Guardian literally said to me, something about uh, the WTD is what they refer to this, waiting to die. And, and what they have literally done from everything, and I mean, I see this up, up front, um, and I don't see how anybody could, could say it's not the case. Okay, now you're there. You have no money. Uh, you're 100 years old, and so we're going to stick you over here in this bed, and you're going to lay there until you die, and then we'll take care of it from there. They they have truly – they're nothing but housing her until she dies. They're not doing anything to improve her situation, which is what the statute requires. The law requires that they do something to help her to to when there's a case. I mean – Look at all they did for um, Terry Schiavo when she really wasn't able to do anything else. She really was in a vegetated state. And look what all the things mm-hmm. they did for 14 years. They, we can't get them to do anything to help this lady, it, it, even to the point of taking away her supplements. And on the supplement thing, just so everybody knows, when they first took she, – she had the supplements there for, for several weeks before they took them away. And then they said, well, we can't let there be pills laying around. You know, the pills might interact with her medication. What? She doesn't take medication. She does not take any prescription drugs. Right. If you try to force them on her, she's not going to be happy. I said, but there's other people in the room and somebody else could get a hold of them. It's like, okay, so you want to use that. Okay, so why don't you dispense them to her? Okay. There well, you no, go. Like with the channel, you dispense them and you dispense with the other medication. Well, exactly. Then you can do that. Well, the doctor has to approve them. The doctor has to approve any kind of supplements. 
And uh, which mm-hmm. again, think about taking away someone's rights to take vitamins. And so I got her chiropractor who gave her two of the supplements to approve them. He sent a letter saying, yes, they were approved. Then, and I said, well, the, the doctor provided you it. Well, it wasn't their doctor, first off. And the other doctor, well, he didn't give us specific instructions. The supplement says take one with a meal. Take one tablet daily with a meal. There, there's the instructions. They said they did not have specific instructions. So then they couldn't do it either. I mean, this, this is what you call neglect and abuse. You're withholding the supplements that would be better to her better, um, her well-being. You're refusing to let her take them. Why? Because you'd rather pop drugs in her and sell them and get money off of the drugs you want to dope her up with so that she dies. I, this, this, if, if there's something else going on here, I'd love for somebody to explain to me what it is because this is just the way I see it. But literally taking away her, her supplements. So now I try to give them to her uh, on the side and work around what they're doing because she needs it. She does not eat enough in that place. If she actually, if her friends, including myself, or we don't take her out several times a week to get her some food, she loses weight. You'd have to see what happens to her. And mm-hmm. if she loses that kind of weight, she is going to be delirious. The mind isn't going to function. If you've been laying in bed and not eating food, and that's what happens when she's in that place with no other interaction with people, uh, that's what's going to happen. And, yes, there's other people there. But many of them really can't communicate with her. They most of them are in worse condition than she is. So she, the assisted living facility, she had a lot of people to talk with. She and she would play the piano there. So she can still play a piano, and yet they say she's totally incapacitated and needs to be uh, in this condition, be treated like an animal, a caged animal. Is really what she's treated like. It's just disgusting. So I'll kind of leave it there and let some of the other people join in. Uh, if you, unless anybody has any questions right now for me, but it's just disgusting. Certainly, we'll, we'll be bringing in uh, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, but first, uh, I'm just going to make a couple comments on that. Is that one? I mean, it just fits into a number of agendas: uh, the decreasing population agenda, the okay, the socialist agenda. Whereas, you know, if you're not contributing to society anymore, we we don't want you to be in society. And by that is, you know, as you said, let him wait to die. Uh, but of course, in my opinion, we have a lot of folks alley, out. Uh, you know, in this country that, you know, are not contributing to society. They just keep taking away from them. And they're much younger uh, than her. And I don't see anyone trying to uh, take any of their rights away. Uh, Sometimes I feel like they are giving them more rights. Well, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. Colbert. We do have, uh, we will be getting Tom on the line as well as Gene. And uh, so let's go ahead and welcome uh, Dr. Colbert. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. And, you know, one of the good things about being on the show with Sally is that I went through a 10-year experience with a lady that was three years younger than uh, Miriam. Rita was born in 1918 in a prison camp, and I met her. They gave her six months to live, and when family service and everybody tried to get involved, uh, we actually filed uh, custodianship, trustee, and uh, handled her then so the state could not take away her rights. And she, of course, then stayed with us until 2013 when God called her, even though she was only given six months. And so the reason I'm saying that is that when Rita's hearing aid did not work, you would assume she had dementedness or uh, on the verge of it. And I had the other lady that was 86 that did in fact was 
dementive and blind that I had to handle different. So now we're going to get to Miriam. Uh, if there's a possibility of setting up a trust fund uh, with Sally or someone uh, representing the senior citizens, which in the state of Florida is 18%, I think the starting action is to get her hearing aids, and she needs two of them. Then the fact that people want to say she's dementive would be reduced by a tremendous amount. I sat with Miriam and uh, Sally for several hours. I had no problem communicating with her. She went to the bathroom on her own. She walked to the car on her own. Her sense of humor was beyond a normal person. She knew when she had made her earrings. Uh, she was able to converse on everything. The issue was you had to repeat it only because her hearing aids weren't any good. Now, legally, the lawyer of the state and her representative violated Title 18, which is when two individuals work together uh, to coerce the other individual. And the second is they violated both. They violated both the 14th and the 15th Amendment. Now, Sally sent, of course, all this out, but we sent it to all the state senators, the state representatives. We sent it to the presidential candidates, the governor of Florida. We also sent it to the League of Women. We sent it to uh, the attorney general. Uh, our response all through the line, uh, send it to somebody else. It was never, we will look into it. It was never, uh, we're going to do something about it. Now, the League of Women, whether people want to agree with this or not, are Republicans. Uh, just as the Chamber of Commerce is Republicans. And so there may be an issue of trying to prevent the Democrats, which could be the, probably the majority of your senior citizens in the state of Florida when I was running for governor. I noticed that in my many meetings, I was dealing with Chambers of Commerce's, but I was also dealing with a lot of Democrats that ended up switching and voting for me as a no party candidate as as for governor now i'm running for the u.s senate we invited all these individuals from all these political parties the libertarian party the constitution party the republican party the democrat party to the uh, uh demonstration uh last weekend not one individual uh we have on our website we we have a thousand followers a day not one American bothered to acknowledge, to come, to assist, or do anything. So it shows that the system is broken for our senior citizens. We've written a plan to protect our senior citizens. When Rita was a Christian science, she went into many homes and many uh, facilities to help the senior Christian science people. And when it came time for her to move in with me, her son in Germany and her uh, daughter-in-law in Texas and the Christian Science Church all said they would take her in. And Rita said, no, I want to live longer, so I'm moving in with Charles. Of course, I'm a pastor. And she got 10 more years. She caught her first fish. She ate her first sardine. She had her first frozen margarita. Well, it's the same thing with Marion. At 100 years old, your life doesn't end today. 
there's always tomorrow. And Marion has the capability, taking the Q10, taking the multivitamin, taking the turmeric, the cumin, the D3, the B pluses. Uh, but if she doesn't get these things, and if she's not put on this positive regimen of diet, her brain, as will everybody's, become inactive. And this is what's happening with all of them, not just some, but all of our care facilities for all of our parents. So our plan was to set up a community college training program for six months for anyone that was a caregiver for their mother and father paid for by the state. They then would be allowed to take care of and become custodian. And then the state would provide assistance two days a week the cost for the state would be reduced over 70% by not having him in a care facility. And, you know, we're, we're pushing forward that plan. Miriam would be one of the prime examples why a family member or even someone in Sally's nature would be eligible had this been brought forth at the beginning. And it wasn't the, Lawyers failed to give the options. Uh, they, no one presented the, art, the amendment 14s and 15. I just sent that again to Sally of your rights of, of voting and how the state of Florida has violated it. Uh, we're going to get together with a multitude of people. We will do like we did on open primaries and, and the rights of felons. We will again present the case to the state of Florida. What happens when we present a case then political and other groups follow suit within two or three weeks, and they have the resources to go through with it. And what we do is we become the catalyst in everything that's going on. So we are now going to be the catalyst for the 18% of our senior citizens. And Miriam becomes now the symbol where when I do the children's forums and I do the senior citizens forums and I explained to them what's happening to them. This is not about Miriam. This is about every person in America whose rights are being violated. Uh, Obama is now saying he's going to allow illegal immigrants to vote. Uh, mm-hmm. Districting yeah, has crazy. been a violation. Yeah. And districting is a violation. They're doing district uh, not by the uh, reason that it was originally intended to represent the African-Americans. You could actually take a state and have all your representative in Jacksonville, but now they're using the act of the salamander. And if the Republicans don't want that particular candidate to run, they will push redistricting. So everything that's going on in our state government, in our federal government, uh, everything's going on in our executive branch. And this is, one of the positive things that I'm going to give Trump for, he says, should I become the president, I will repeal every executive order that Obama's laid. Obama's up over 900 and, and, and some uh, executive orders in his first three and a half years. Uh, so versus 40, 50 by Bush and an average of four or five by other candidates. So the fact that the Republican Party hasn't fouled uh, and went against and, and upheld their own position is the same thing with Governor Scott. When we send 
Governor Scott, and we do this on a weekly basis on Merriam, and all we get is uh, thank you for sending us, and we will have somebody get back with you, and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. We send it to the Secretary of the State. Uh, no response from the Secretary of the State, who has violated the entire election authority. And then the Attorney General's comments were you have to go to your local level, yet it's not the local level that's causing the problem. Because when you go to the local level, Sally would tell you, well, no, it's out of Tallahassee. So everybody in politics today, this is not about one person. This is a means of manipulating your votes in America. And there is not one politician that has stood up for the senior citizens or the orphans and the widows as per scripture. So if you're going to vote for a candidate, whether it's me running for the United States Senate, ask them, where do you stand on the 70,000 homeless children that are going to school? Ask them where they stand on the men and women that are in their 80s working in Publix in order to eat. Uh, Where do they stand on the fact that unemployment is over 13%, not 4%, and that the insurance uh, of Obama is being where a person is being hired on a part-time so that the company doesn't have to pay full-time and then have to be required to pay the health care insurance. All this manipulation and everything going on, and Miriam is now the symbol which can be the catalyst, and we'll rephrase that, which will be the catalyst to change the way people look in one state. Uh, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Lincoln. Uh, we, we bring this out to people. Uh, and like I said, we send it to Trump's three advisors. We send it to the Constitution, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, uh, the American Party, uh, the Constitution Party. Uh, and yet we're not seeing anyone that understands this is not about national advertisement that I'm the incumbent set, uh, senator that is not even a U.S. citizen, uh, which, by the way, they won't even pick up on Rubio. Uh, so there's a lot of issues here. And so remember, Title 18 violation, uh, Amendment 14 and 15 violation, uh, setting up a trust fund which Sally can actually control and put it under the name of senior citizens funding. Uh, you can actually then and and buy uh, hearing aids, which would be the first step. They run approximately four to six hundred dollars uh, for a pair. Uh, they're not going to let her use her Medicare or Medicaid. Uh, they're preventing her to use her her own uh, uh, Social Security. Uh, they have restricted everything, saying she's incompetent. I will guarantee you, and I believe my experience makes me pretty much an, of an expert on what dementiveness looks like with Celeste, who is 87 uh, and a Carabindian, and Rita, who was 96 and was born in a concentration camp and the facts that I really teach the Constitution. So when Sally gives you information and all this is posted, one individual helping setting up a trust fund, one individual helping to get a hold of a hearing aid company, 
that would voluntarily get involved and provide the resources necessary for the hearing aid is going to be the first step of Marion's recovery. Uh, I would have to say something two or three times, and it's not because she's demented. She's got a bad set of hearing aids. She only has one. She needs two. Um, everybody needs to get a hold of, we're going to fund and come together and get Marion hearing aids. We're going to take care of that problem. We're going to take care of the next well, problem. Another some... Go ahead, Brad. Well, there are some organizations, at least here in Ohio, that, you know, can help out uh, with hearing aids. Uh, my daughter's mother uh, was born with nerve deafness, uh, whereas uh, she had 75% uh, hearing loss uh, in, in both of her ears. And since it's nerve deafness, there's really nothing they could do uh, about it at this point uh, with uh, today's technology, maybe at, at some other point in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there was an organization that helped out her get, get more advanced hearing aids. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and, and let's go ahead and finish that up because I do want to bring uh, Tom in. We have Gene on the line as well. So let's go ahead and uh, bring up that last uh, point, and then we'll, we'll bring in Tom. Right. And, and, and I think what Sally just brought to my attention, she has two. I happen to only see one, so they're both inadequate, Sally. Uh, we, we, um, new technology today is far superior. I watched Rita over 10 years and now have they, they have the micro hearing aids, Robert, which actually connect to the nerve endings. And mm-hmm. what, what on 10 years ago is obsolete. There is a total new way of doing hearing aids and there are organizations and we need to get a hold of them. And this is, what Sally and I'll be working on for the next couple months is to find organizations uh, that will provide going to the Christian organizations, going to uh, the other groups and individuals uh, and, and asking them, why aren't you getting involved in this issue? So title 18 amendment 14 and 15, read both of them. You'll find that that's a violation of constitution Follow up with Sally. Uh, look in how we can get funding put into a trust account. We, we see trust accounts all the time for things much less than this uh, being disrespected. Uh, we can do this, there, but we've got to do it on a number one basis. I can make a difference. And every American, and in Florida, there's uh, 18,000 people, 11,000 voters, 40,000 Uh, 40% um, uh, no party affiliated. We as individuals have to be on the street. We have to talk to people. We have to get them in contact with Sally. She's doing something far beyond a normal person. She not only has a full-time job, she not only has a talk show on Mondays and Tuesdays, she spends time doing her civic duty. America, you have failed in your civic duty. My primary thing as a pastor is civic duty. It is not the building. It is what have you done to help that one person, that one senior citizen, that one incarcerated, that one homeless, that one drug addict, that one alcoholic. That is where you're responsible because the Bible says we are ministers, and yet today our individuals in our communities are not ministering anymore. Here is America's opportunity to prove 
that God is involved and minister to help Miriam. Uh, Robert, go ahead and do and, that. And God, and let's go ahead and bring yes, we go ahead and bring him in. We can always bring things around. We got plenty of time left on the show. Uh and then I also want to say hello to our uh good friend uh Carolyn, who was uh, unable to uh be here tonight. She'll she stated she'll listen to the podcast uh later. Uh she sent me a message uh here on Facebook. And so I wanna thank you, uh, Carolyn, say hello and we'll uh look forward to you listening in and, and sharing the uh, the link of tonight's show for the podcast. Uh, so and we do get messages and, uh, you know, on Facebook and also uh, posts on Facebook uh, throughout the show, but let's go ahead uh, and get our Tom in. Uh, Tom, thank you very much uh, for your patience. So Jane, we got you on the uh, line too. We will get you in. As I said earlier, there's plenty of time uh, left in the show. Uh, plenty of time, almost uh, two hours worth. And so let's go ahead and say hello to Tom. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight, sir? Good evening, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, forgive me, I'm. You're uh, welcome. I was listening to to your show, and I'm uh, I'm afraid that I'm I might be a little bit ignorant on the existing topic, but um, nonetheless, I'm an activist nonetheless. So I definitely support what everybody's doing for the name of liberty. So. Um, I don't know really exactly where you want me to go with this or what you want me to uh, to say. I'm I'm always happy to be able to jump in and and uh, and say what needs to be said, where it needs to be said, wherever it needs to be said. And so um, I'm just here to to visit and uh, say thank you to all the listeners. Okay, so, great. And we, uh, you know. Yeah, did you have any uh, questions for either you know Susan or Dr. Tolber or our guest tonight? Well, well I think that uh, I think the really cool thing that really struck out to me when I was trying to figure out what um, what was going on, I'm, I was stuck in an area with uh, very little reception, so I didn't get to hear a whole lot of it, and then I got I oh, lost terrible. parts <laughs> of it. But yeah, it kind of was because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to call in, and I've got like less than one bar. But um, anyway, I'm glad that I'm within reach, um, hopefully. But uh, what the good doctor was talking about. Um, it resonated with me, especially the fact that he was a pastor. There's so uh, few pastors out there that are, uh, you know, outwardly speaking the way that we need to be, um, they need to be speaking, um, you know, beyond their four walls or whatever it is. And so it's, it's encouraging to be able to hear him do that. And um, hopefully we can get other pastors that will stand up and do the same thing. You know, I, um, I'm, I'm rather new to reading of, um, I began my activist career about eight years ago and, I grew up in Hawaii and surfing and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, well, you know, I just, it's not going to be necessary to read. And, um, and, uh, here I am, you know, eight years later, I'm reading Reformation pastor, um, sermons and stuff like that. And so I think, um, I think if we can get our pastors on board and on fire and get that fire in the belly for Liberty, I think that, uh, and rescind that, uh, horrible IRS, uh, 501c3 tax exemption, I think, um, I think that we can get our country back. I just have this weird feeling that, um, you know, really the churches are the ones that actually kept the fire burning. And I think that the IRS was, uh, you know, they had one over on us. Um, and we fell into the whole idea that, um, you know, that they can, it's okay that they, uh, you know, that they put that candle and that, and that fire out and we've just got to be able to reclaim that. And so, if I were a pastor, that's what I would be doing. Unfortunately, uh, I'm somebody that just travels the state uh, with one of the longest-standing liberty organizations in the country, talking about not only the Constitution, 
and exposing the ignorance of not only those in government, but the average citizen that flies the American flag mounted to their house. But really to talk about some of the things that have been considered conspiracy theories for so long that are actually, um, that have actually come to be true, as we all know. You know, now we start seeing things about the Federal Reserve and see we see the overreach of the, you know, the government. We see the, uh, the alphabet agencies that are targeting um, conservative organizations. Uh, we see a move toward the globalization of police, uh, communism through environmentalism uh, is the term I use, um, you know, the move toward the trade the trade partnerships and all that. So we're really moving toward um, what several decades ago people would um, would have said that we were nuts for talking about any move toward a world government. And, um, you know, the pastors are going to be a vital part of that. And if they are not preaching that from the pulpit and urging their people to get out and do that, um, I'm, I would almost venture to say that um, without that, I think America's in really bad shape. You know, Robert, can I let something that, I thought you would, Dr. Tolbert, because I know there's been a couple times on the show you mentioned about 503Cs. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to pick that up. 501Cs are totally violation of the First Amendment. We actually filed against the state of Florida, and although H.R. 25 was written in 208, by the uh, Republican Party, it is a start called consumer's tax where you eliminate the IRS. The first thing is any and all 501c3 pastors need to stop being 501c3s. They don't need permission from the IRS or the federal government to take donations. It very clearly states it. Many people are using Jefferson's comment of separation of church and state, which was a comment made after the Constitution, which is totally non-existence the 6,000 pages on the foreign trade agreement is unconstitutional for several reasons one you're going to lose your supreme court Uh, the second is is the fact that it's a violation of the commerce clause i have a master's in theology along with my doctor of education and we do the prison ministries the street ministries and we've written articles about 136 now uh, one, of course, is the IRS and its elimination. So, Tom, when you say something about the pastors, we go to the pastors, and they do not recognize that they are in violation of the laws of the Bible. Uh, they, unfortunately, believe that the people will donate to God using Caesar's method, rather using what is God is God and what is Caesar's and Caesar's. So we get mm-hmm. a complete contradiction of biblical teaching and pastoral duties. They're not in the streets. They're, they're not working in communities. We teach you divide your congregation by ten. You put them in the street. You help one. And when you help one, you find another. So members of a hundred were actually in a community helping ten people. Refuse to be well, a Bible C three. That's that's your start. Well, I'm I I think I'm a little, you know, I I, I agree with what you're saying. I've I've got a couple of questions though, and you know, America. I've now I'm gonna I'll reveal myself. You've revealed your credentials. I'll reveal mine. Um, I began reading about eight years ago. I began reading the Law by Frederick Bastiat about, you know, eight years ago, and then I started reading a bunch of other things. Obviously, going through Blackstone's commentaries. Uh, last summer and going through some of the heavier material, um, heavy into constitutional law and uh, biblical law as well. 
the one thing that really, um, among many things, and I could go off on a whole diatribe on that, is, is, is all of this talk about everybody filing court cases. If anybody's running for government, it's running for state government, the court is not the first line of defense. It's the last. So and when, I have a, if, when I hear people that are in, in government saying, they're like Butch Otter in Idaho, for example, he's pathetic. And I have no problem telling you that because he used to be, he used to be, um, you know, he used to be somebody that used to teach at Birch camps that knew the Constitution forward and backward. The funny thing about it is, is when he, when they sold us Common Core and and Obamacare and you know the rest of the, you know, the federal mandates through whatever else it was, you know, the gay marriage thing. I'm looking at that saying, you know, I've only been studying eight years, but I got some pretty good questions. One of them is. Why is it that the Fed, why is it that the state governments feel like they need to file a a a a, uh, a case in federal court when the federal government is the entity that was guilty of overreach? The states have something called nullification that nobody even talks about. It's talked very well in the Kentucky resolutions and whatnot, where the idea is that the state and I think Jefferson actually stated that they're not supposed to be doing anything other than pretending that the that the that the words of this of this proposed law doesn't even exist. The states have the authority, and it's a, it's a very important check on the system to be able to have the states stand up and to be able to nullify the law. It's ridiculous for a state to be able to take taxpayer funds, to be able to appeal to a federal government that's funded by the taxpayer, and think that somehow we're going to end up getting – that we're going to find a remedy. It's not going to happen. So the states need to understand the Constitution to the point where they understand the checks and balances and the separations of power, knowing – that the Fed, where the federal government does not have authority, um, they, the, the law is simply ignored. And evidence yeah. of that is Colorado when they accepted, uh, when they decided to smoke pot um, and some of the other issues. So, you know, I've, I've, I'm, really, I'm really hammering down on this. The other issue, when people talk about the Constitution, we're a very heavy 2A state out here, Second Amendment, and that people misapply the verbiage about the amendment. So they obviously don't understand the, the, the jurisdiction. They don't understand the point in the creation of the Bill of Rights. And they don't even understand that that actually applied to a certain uh, sphere. It, 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 it wasn't blanket authority. It, it didn't apply to everybody in the union. And it didn't allow any, you know, this or that or the other. The thing about it is, is that, you know, when states write laws regarding gun laws, people say, well, don't mess with my Second Amendment. The problem is that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to the states. The states have the authority because the Second Amendment states that Congress shall make no law, like religion. But the states could. The states could create um, statewide religions, and they did. I think at least seven of them, to my knowledge. So if the first is the same as the second, then the second, then Congress shall make no law respecting gun laws. But it doesn't mean that the states can't. So legitimately, the states can actually, if the people are dumb enough or ignorant enough or apathetic enough, the states could actually ban firearms as long as it was consistent in the Constitution that allowed them to make necessary and proper laws to be able to do what they needed to do. So I'm really, you know, I'm really on fire about a lot of this stuff. And, you know, the thing about the trade agreements and all of that, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, it is. It's 6,000 pages. That's one of, um, you know, that's one of the agenda items that we're talking about. The problem that most people don't realize about that, and we, our ag community is huge on this, is the absolute obliteration of sovereignty, and they don't realize that the EU and Britain's involvement in Brexit is exactly what's happening when Britain finally woke up and realized there was a silent coup mm-hmm. and stole their sovereignty. 
you know, you've got France and the Netherlands that were that had the opportunity to be able to vote, to be able to get into the EU. And when they decided to oppose it, they ended up shutting the election process down and passed it through the Treaty of Lisbon in 2007. Uh, so, excuse me. Um, yeah, Robert, when, when we get a chance, a couple of things on the guardianship, and then I can kind of drop off okay. and continue listening to the other just to, to kind of wrap it up. Well, I that's appreciate okay. you guys' time. Thanks for okay. taking the call. Oh, you're, you're welcome. As I said earlier, we, we you know we, we'll do a, a roundtable, but we'll go ahead and finish off, and we'll bring uh, bring you back in. Uh, yeah, I'm disappointed that he, he <laughs> Two things popped up on my screen at the same time. I apologize; it distracted me. Uh, go ahead, Sally, and then we'll bring in Gene. Uh, so go ahead and finish off, uh, Tom, yeah. and then uh, Sally. Go ahead and and then we'll bring in Gene. Go ahead. No, that's good. I'm, you know, I'm just. I think I'd finish off by saying, you know, we've got, we've really got to be able to get on. The support your local police thing is hugely important. Um, we've got to move toward a globalization of police through the Strong Cities Network. I've been visiting with every police chief and sheriff out here in the state of Idaho, trying to be able to help them understand what's going on. I think we've made some progress. Um, there's a lot of literature going out there uh, to make that happen. We got to remember that tyranny, when it shows up on your doorstep, is going to have a badge. And so that's going to be our first line of defense on, um, against the historical um, onslaught of hardcore tyranny when it comes. The other thing is getting information out on the free trade partnerships. It's not a very sexy topic, but if you care anything about your freedom and your sovereignty, it's something that we better learn and start to op- um, oppose and communicate with your congressman. The other one is Agenda 21, um, which is something that m- none of the state legislatures will ever admit to knowing. And, um, and the move toward what they call, our, or what Patrick Wood in his book Technocracy Rising calls a technocracy where we become technates rather than citizens in a free, in, in a free state. So anyway, there's a lot going on. Um, I just appreciate your guys' time on the radio, and uh, God bless you all, and uh, let's, uh, let's do what we can to win liberty back. And to point out, I mean, we, we do have plenty of time. Uh, you know, the three-hour program, we've only about – gotten through half so there's plenty of time for everyone to uh get out what they want to say but if uh you know it adds on uh to the topic of this evening uh go ahead sally and then we'll bring in gene yeah and there's just a few more things and i'm really i'm disappointed that uh tom didn't hear the first part because i would love to know what his thoughts are because this is what's happening here oh yeah we look like we lost his call go ahead yeah, he truly took uh, uh, this. This is basic taking away the rights. Uh, it's it's re- very relevant to the other things he was saying. But I wanted to make sure I explained just a couple of the pieces, and then you know uh, anything anybody wants to add to it. But uh, from the state of Florida, I wanted to make sure people understood uh, the definition of a limited guardian. Okay, and this comes right out of the statute. Limited guardian means a guardian who has been appointed by the court to exercise the legal rights and powers specifically designated by the court order entered after the court has found that the ward lacks the capacity to do some, but not all, of the tasks necessary to care for his or her person or property, or after the person has voluntarily petitioned or appointment of a limited guardian. And so that's a limited guardian. A plenary guardian means a person who has been appointed by the court to exercise all eligible legal rights and powers of the ward after the court has found that the ward lacks the capacity to perform all of the tasks necessary to care for his or her person or property. And then they go with the definition of a um, 
Uh, let me get down here. Totally incapacitated means incapable of exercising any of the rights enumerated in, then it goes into the statute number, um, which, again, this would not be the case for this person. And then there was one last thing in reference to the court. Um, these are under 744.102. Attorney for the alleged incapacitated person means an attorney who represents the alleged incapacitated person. The attorney shall represent the expressed wishes of the alleged incapacitated person to the extent it is consistent with the rules regulating the Florida Bar. So uh, the person who represented Miriam did not do this. They they did not adhere to what uh, the wishes of, of Miriam were at, at all. And then those others were strictly the definition. They have, of course, they have their whole list of other definitions, but I just wanted to make sure people understood in Florida, the plenary guardian, the limited guardian, the attorney, and this totally incapacitated state. And this goes back to what Tom was saying, how fast the tyranny, this is tyranny to go and take someone's rights away and abuse them like this. So anyway, that, that was really, I just want to make sure if anybody has any other questions for me on that stuff, and please reach out to, um, uh, as you have on your show page, Judge uh, Jose Rodriguez and G- Governor Rick Scott. Go out there and scream at them. Let them know that they have violated Miriam's rights, uh, at her God-given rights to vote, and the decency, the, the, some dignity to be able to choose who she wants to be her guardian and those kinds of things. Uh, this is not America when this happens. And thank you so much for letting me talk to people about this. I just know the majority of people have no clue this is going on out there. Oh, no, certainly. It's important that we have it. You know, that's why I know you were covering it on your show, uh, and that's why we go ahead and have it on ours. And one of the things we did a lot in 2012, and I really wish we'd get back to it, is uh, we were in uh, communication with uh, several uh, talk show hosts where, you know, we were, you know, working together. Because I think, uh, you know, we just could get more of the word out, you know, whatever what the topic is, uh, doing it that way. I mean, we really uh, worked in tandem a lot of ways as well. Uh, back in 2012, especially around the election time, uh, it'd be uh, great to get back uh, to that uh, with some other hosts. But let's go ahead and uh, bring in Jane, and, and then we'll bring it back to you, Susan. Uh, and then we can uh, bring Dr. Tolbert back in. We do have a few more callers on. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on the number dial, and we'll get you in. We do have plenty of time. I do have another topic we'll go uh, in tonight with an article that I have here from the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you could go to the Bards Logic Newsroom, uh, where we've got uh, a number of articles, and one of the articles we'll uh, talk about uh, tonight, and because I do think it, it does tie into our discussion, about uh, the Homeland, uh, the title of the article is Homeland I Special Declaration uh, to Charge, to Take Charge of Elections. And we'll uh, have a, that be a part of our discussion tonight, too. I think that's uh, going to be a very important uh, topic of discussion. But let's go ahead and bring in Gene. Thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, doing okay. How about you, Robert? Good, good. Uh, a little hungry. I can't wait to eat dinner, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> yes, and also, uh, before, before I disclose that, I really like Tom that, you know, that spark of liberty, you know, and everything like that. Yeah, I wish you didn't but have to also, go. Also, I went to the experience of Penny Guardian for a Madeline's partnership with my mom the, before it was hostile towards me, and my parents had both ended there. there uh, my dad had passed away while that was going on, but 
uh, in my mm. parents raised in the depression they were in all saver British trade called me and I was four hundred miles away. My dad of course had money that I don't know if they wanted to get their hands on it. And they were very critical about me. They did not think I was a good guardian, so I had to battle for the guardianship. And then I I wanted to do a supplement. Of course, I have to admit, I would have made some money off of it if my mom would have been able to take it. But they were stripped in my mom's water because of her kidneys and no supplement. I know they meant well, but they were kind of doing things their way. And then the guardianship, I did some things that I didn't have the rights to. I did not have the right to set up my mom's funeral, but I went ahead and done that anyway, or even to transfer it my mom, so I don't know, my mind must have been kind of restricted, even though I was the guardian. Though I, Maybe my mom was better off there than 400 miles away, but I did kind of was interested in if I could have got my mom closer to home, but I'm not too sure I would have wanted the nursing home that I spoke to, so I know how some of that is, too, but I very much concerned about what Sally's run into. Too bad there wasn't some representative, like state representative or some ponderous person that would be interested in uh, doing something about it, but I apparently not for that. That is very disturbing, because I'm sure that has been going on, and unfortunately it will continue going on. And I just kind of wondered if she was political active, active or why they stepped in in the first place. That might have got their attention or something to to get her out of the way. And then once they did that, nobody wants to to do anything because be, we've been put out of, out of the way by the government or whatever, the, the authorities. Uh, well, a couple of things here. Um, I will go ahead and give credit to um, uh, Florida Senator Darren Soto, now, he himself did not meet with me, but his assistant did, who was also an attorney, and um, he met with Miriam, me, and one other lady, another close friend of Miriam's, and gave us some information and told us about the suggestion of capacity and how we could – that was really our only leeway to to address the court kind of thing. So he did give us some advice. So I'll give them credit for that, but that's the only, only ones who actually did any help on that. And we were talking a little bit about this earlier. Miriam was definitely very active. Uh, she, she was an activist all her life. She was part of the Reform Party back in the days and stuff like that, so she's always been very politically active. She has never been the useful idiot routine where she just sat on the sidelines and didn't didn't speak up. Um, but in this particular case, I think it had more to do with that she had had this accident um, where she um, had lost, there had been some other damage. She had some minor memory loss before that, but it was not anything that paralyzed her in any way, shape, or form. And then she had this accident, and she, between the nursing home she was in there, her condition got worse instead of better. And um, then they were concerned that um, um, money, the financial abuse, because now she had a settlement, and that settlement, and you know, I won't get into all the details about this money, but there was a, a risk that she was writing checks to people that maybe she shouldn't or that they were getting money okay. from her or that she was forgetting to pay her bills. That was supposed to be the reason for the guardianship to be able to petition for guardianship. But that would have only justified doing a limited guardian guardianship. It would not have justified the plenary guardianship, the fact that she may have forgot she gave somebody a check or something and paid them twice. Those kind of things. That that would not be. And so the limited guardianship would have managed financial, you know, control of those kind of things and prevent that, not take away all her rights and make her a ward of the state in the same sense. 
Apparently, when they did that hearing, they must have felt that she wasn't confident because she had those hearing aids that weren't working right, so she wasn't probably able to make a good presentation, or maybe she had some problems, so they just didn't feel she was confident. That's why they made that decision to to let the state, you know, the guardian, you know, do everything pretty much for her is is what I'm guessing maybe what happened. Um, well, I, I can't really tell you. I can. Uh, I know from being at one of the interviews when one doctor was there, they said she had the onset of dementia. Onset of dementia does not render you totally incapacitated. Yeah. Um, and so this totally incapacitated from every because I'm not privy to those that information. Who knows? I mean, if they go out there, you can get a for the most part. If you got enough money, you can get a doctor to say anything you want them to say. I can tell you. And you watch the videos, people can see Miriam is not totally incapacitated. There is no way you can say this lady is totally incapacitated when you take the time to speak to her, which means, as Dr. Tolbert said, you gotta, you might have to repeat things a couple of times. Um, she may not know today's date. Okay, those are not reasons to take away somebody's rights like that. They're just, they're just not. Not right. in what's supposed to be America. It's evil to do such things, and it's about as un-American as it gets. It's the state taking way too much power over your rights to do that. Yeah, she definitely has probably, lost, but that's it. And then it would probably be hard to get a start overturned now because there probably have to be some doctrine and that are here and uh, you get them in their thinking to, you know, do some change and end the guardianship if they would consider even doing that. Well, that's it. If you ha- and, and because she now her money is gone, there's nothing left. And even if she had the money, she had no right, no access to it. Um, her doctor, the chiropractor she's been going to for seven, eight years, wrote a letter saying Miriam communicates with me and explain is is quite able to tell me what what her concerns are with her health. She um she participates. She communicates what she needs. It, again, it's not a matter. You're not dealing with a person in a vegetative state who can't make, can't tell you anything, can't communicate with you. That isn't it. Miriam goes to her chiropractor. She tells him where the pain is and this and that and whatever, and he assists her with it. She she is not totally incapacitated. He put it in writing out there, but once it, once they've got this panel, whether you want to call it a death panel or whatever else, these pan this panel that's uh, somehow associated with a court. It's like almost like, okay, would you guys come out here and tell us that this person's brain dead so that we can get rid of them? I mean, that's kind of what it seems like to me. There's no way you can take a little bit of time, speak with this lady, and not and, and, and come up with that conclusion. Yeah. So somebody probably has to pay for a lawyer to get her out of it, maybe even a doctor, however that would work, too. That's assuming that they would even consider a new hearing, which they may not want to, though, or do not think there's enough cause to, to have a new hearing. So that's a bad thing when the... They get a hold of you. Well, and that's it. That's where the challenge comes because now she has no money. She has no means for the attorney to pay the attorney to go do the work. Trying to get a pro bono bono attorney who would just do something because it was the right thing to do is kind of like asking hell to freeze over, I think. At least that's my conclusion. Sorry for the expression. That's the only way I can describe it. Oh, that's okay. It's not too bad. Yeah, well, if there was a dentist person out there that was willing to pay for all that to to try to get her a hearing or something, and they'll guarantee how it would turn out. And they might be able yeah. to make a name for themselves if the you know this Dr. Tolbert, you know, and you have, I think it was Dr. Tolbert pointed out, uh, you know, that hey, you can, or maybe it was you, Sally, uh, who was you know saying hey, if you want, you know, try to get a new law passed. I mean, they can get 
uh, you know, some recognition for that, certainly. Exactly. Protecting the rights of the elderly. You would think somebody out there would care, but it really does show you an attitude towards the senior citizens, the great, you know, the greatest generation routine, that there is no respect and that, well, it would be a waste of my time. To go out there and fight for somebody's rights, that's just a waste of my time. I'm not going to be bothered with that. That's, that's, that's not worthy of their time. Not when they have bigger fish to fry to try to get elected and maintain their power in the in the process, whatever it is. It's um, it's just a, a very um, it's a it's very symbolic of what this culture has become. And those who profess to care so much about humans and the and the the rights of people and stuff like that, it's amazing how they all scatter like cockroaches when you go and ask them. Here's a case where you really need to stand up and say something. They don't want to do anything. It's just. Um, we truly have the country we deserve because this is what the majority of people, how they behave. They do not participate in the process. They do not stand for anything. They have lost um, the core values of what this country was founded on, and I think this is a perfect case. But I'm sure they're actually, if they would do this, they would get no telling how many speaking engagements or whatever with AERP or AMAC or a variety of other groups they could actually make money on this if they would see past this this part of it. And once I see, once some of them see some dollar signs at the end of the tunnel, maybe they'll come forward. But and I, and I really feel sick in saying that. But it's, it's almost you have to bribe people to get them to stand up and do the right thing. It's um, it's just sad. And I will be, you know, um, with Miriam, I'll be working with her to have her file her complaint against her attorney for the inadequate and inappropriate representation she had. And let's go ahead at this point. We'll uh, bring it back to you, uh, Susan, for uh, any comments or questions you may have. And then I've got this article from the Bars Logic Club Talk website on the newsroom page uh, that, as I said, you know, ties into what's going on uh, with uh, the upcoming elections. Uh, not not as you know completely linked to, to voting, but it does have to do with the elections. So I think it's a, an important topic for us to discuss. Go ahead, Susan. Uh, I hate to read on this parade. But if you think Governor Rick Scott is going to help, then let me tell you something about Governor Rick Scott. <laughs> he rejected federal funding of a high-speed rail. He seemed quite sure he did all kinds of stuff. Well, then he showed his true colors. Uh, <laughs> this is a sheriff that uh, was elected by a majority of voters in Liberty County, Sheriff Nick Finch. And guess what Governor Rick Scott did? He had him arrested because he had done the right thing. Uh, Nick Finch had said, no, I'm not going to arrest this guy. I'm going go that had arms that were legal. So, you know, he is now free, but... Uh, the sheriff, the, the governor of Atlanta, he would not release this constitutionally correct sheriff uh, that did everything right. Um, so, uh, like I said, I hate to, you know, he loves the country, <laughs> well. he goes to trial, he wasted the taxpayers' money. Uh, hey, are you expecting to help a little old lady when he wouldn't help a sheriff, Sheriff Nick Finch? Oh, well, I, I've got news for you, and I feel sad imparting that news to you. But this is a dumb governor. <laughs> I, you're, you're not telling me anything I, new. <laughs> I don't no, have a clue who's worse, Nick Finch or Governor Butch Otter, as Tom was talking about. 
I mean, I was just like, what's on? Yeah, they got in common core, you bet. Lori and I got into it, his wife. And uh, Tom Luna was the superintendent of the schools or whatever. And he tried to sneak by us at, we were protesting the governor and common core and some other things at this place in, in Napa, Idaho. And Tom tried to go in the side door. He was heading for it. And I go, hey, Tommy, you got a yellow stripe on your mouth? You don't want to talk to us? Well, Tommy just did. So I guess he did have a yellow stripe. And I suspect that so does Governor Scott. So um, oh, I don't know who you're going to well. go to, but it is not going to be the governor. Well, trust me, I'm not expecting a whole lot to happen with Governor Scott, except that it's going to be a nuisance. And if he happens to see some some benefit to him of supporting the uh, senior citizens, not one person, but the seniors, if they get that kind of pressure, he might restore her voting rights because that's just a, a stroke of the pen routine. Who knows? But you're right. I Trust me. I, I didn't vote for Rick Scott. I didn't vote for him. I've never voted for him. He was out there. He, he, the criminal. I mean, he, he's kind of like the Hillary routine. He shouldn't even be there with the garbage that he was involved with the largest Medicare fraud case in the country. It was his places, and then his wife was going to be part of the group of the clinics that were going to do drug testing. And now, apparently, either his wife or some other corporation he's involved with was going to be the ones with the vaccines for the Zika virus. I mean, Rick Scott is about his, his uh, evil. Opportunistic. Oh yeah, that's it. That's the perfect word for it. Yes. So trust me, um, I I don't hold, I don't expect anything from Rick Scott except that, uh, you know, his head's gonna blind you. That needs to put something over that head, put a wig on or something, do the Donald Trump thing. He pretends to be conservative, just like Rubio. So there you go. You got big rhinos there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely, (laughs) definitely. And I, I will be reaching out to Rubio's office here um, just, just to it's really to amuse myself because I don't think Rubio's going to do anything either. But I'm going to be able to tell people, yes, we reached out to Rubio's office. We reached out to Senator Nelson's office. We, re, You know, just as Dr. Tobert was talking about, you know, we're going to reach out to these people that are supposed to represent us. They keep forgetting that <laughs> we are the ones in charge, but they don't understand that. So, so no, well, point is well taken. <laughs> going by the Republican booth at the fair, and I, uh, well, I went by the Democrat one. They were actually friendlier. Maybe they were trying to convert me, but you know, hey, when I went fat and gag, pretend to gag when they show me Hillary's and and Barack Obama's picture, uh, and I said, don't even go there because I tried to get your Democrat governor uh, guy that you were trying to put in as governor. I voted for him. You couldn't do the job. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> they didn't know what to say. So then I go by the Republican booth and got about as warm a reception as the Democrats, probably less, um, because I said, oh, I'll take this bumper sticker and this one for Rich and Crapo. And, and then they said, well, you want Simpsons? And I go, oh, no, he's an idiot. He doesn't know the difference between a republic and a democracy. He's an idiot. I won't support him. And they go, well, tell us how you really feel. I said, I just did. He's an idiot. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, we got a crazy one here. <laughs> so sometimes you have to go. You have to do the the weird things to, uh, you know, you have to approach it just different. You know, you have to. And I don't know how to tell you to approach Ruby unless you just say you're an idiot. But if you want to prove you're not, then <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, at this point, I'm though, we, we're about quarter till the top of the. We, we're about the quarter till to the top of the hour, and I think it'd be a good place to, uh, you know, start a, a point of uh, conversation. And this is with uh, a article that you can find on the Bars Logic Talk website on the Bars Logic Newsroom page, and it's from the Washington Examiner. It says Homeland Eyes special declaration to take charge of elections. It says, even before the FBI identified new cyber attacks on two separate state election boards, the Department of Homeland Security began considering declaring the election a critical infrastructure, giving it the same control over security it has over Wall Street and the electric power grid. The latest uh, admissions of attacks could speed up the efforts, possibly including the upcoming presidential election, according to officials. We should carefully consider whether our election system our elections process is critical infrastructure like the financial sector, like the power grid, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson said. There's a vital national interest in our election process. So I do think we need to consider whether it should uh, be considered by my department and other critical infrastructure, he said, at a media conference earlier this month hosted by the Christian Science Monitor. DHS has a vital security role in 16 areas of critical infrastructure, and they provide a model for what the department and Johnson could have in mind for the election. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security describes it this way on their website. There are 16 critical infrastructure section, sectors whose assets, systems, and networks, whether physical or virtual, are consi- considered so vital to the United States that their incapacitation or destruction would have a deliberate, uh, debilitating effect on national security, economy, security, national public health or safety, or any combination thereof. A White House policy directive adds, the federal government also has responsibility to strengthen the security and resilience of its own critical infrastructure uh, for the com- uh, continuity of national essential functions and to organize itself to partner effectively with and add value to the security and resilience efforts of critical infrastructures, owners, and operators. At this time, Johnson did not mention specific security issues, but the FBI has cited one hack and another attempt. Johnson also said that the big issue at hand is that there isn't a central election system since the states run elections. There's no one federal election system. There are some 9,000 jurisdictions involved in the election process, Johnson said. There's a national election for president, and there are some 9,000 jurisdictions that participate, contribute to collecting votes, telling votes. You guys okay? Because your mics are still live. Uh, (laughs) So if you're going to have anything going on in the background, please mute your mics, uh, because I do keep them open for uh, everyone's convenience of being able to chime in. There's no national election for president. There are some 9,000 jurisdictions that participate, contribute to collecting votes, tallying votes, and reporting votes, he said. And it says, let's say that's a different article. So it sounds like they're wanting to federalize or centralize, if you will, our election process, giving, so what it sounds like, the federal government control over our state elections. What do you think about that, Sally? 
Well, that that is even worse. You want to take go from bad to worse, that's what will happen there. It's bad enough now that we don't have proper control at the local level. You go and give one large conglomerate the the control over all of it, you can forget it. it that that would that would truly be the worst. The thing is we need to get back to um uh, again, Constitution. We have the right to witness the counting of the ballots, and that doesn't happen anymore. And they need every everything, anything they do should be able to be um, replicated, balanced to what it, the checks and balances in place to make sure that the actual votes are counted the way they're supposed to be. Right now, it, it really, to a certain degree, it truly is a farce, especially with these electronic machines, and even with the readers. Now, here in Florida, we use the paper ones, and they have a reader. And the reader mm-hmm. can just read stuff as well. But the thing is, you do have oh, a hard copy. Like and, yeah, so everything should be um, uh, counted twice. And the people, you, sh- you should have the right to go in there and watch the counting of those ballots. And right now they totally block you from doing that too. So uh, anybody that thinks we have the representation of our choice is fooling themselves. Um, um, even though I know that, I still vote. I still go out there and participate in the process even though I know how corrupt that ballot box has become in so many ways. And um, uh, to have one group over it, that would only make it worse. You you cannot centralize that kind of control. You need more checks and balances, not less. (laughs) Why would I ever want to trust the federal government on something like that? Look look what they've done with taxes Mm -hmm. and everything else. (laughs) I would never want to. Can you imagine how that could be manipulated? Oh, exactly. It's like, well, don't even buy because that truly is the ultimate of um, corrupting the ballot box and having no voice at all. It really, it would, it would not be a good thing. I would hate to see that happen. It's, I would. Yeah. It's going to be like mili- the, uh, the, like mid eastern dictatorships. Oh, it is. I mean, it's bad enough right now that two parties truly own the ballot box. Of course, and truthfully, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder. I, I mean, I. <laughs> That that would, I guess, be the one thing that would be interesting. You go and have this um, mega giant out here controlling all the ballot boxes routine across all the states. I'm not real sure what that does to the power of the Democrats and the Republicans, because right now they own the ballot boxes locally very much, and that's the other part of the problem. Um, they should The two parties should not be treated any differently than any parties. Why are the Democrats and Republicans treated differently? Than the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, the uh, America's Party, the Bur- whatever the parties may be, whether you like them or not. The Green Party. Uh, they sh- the Green Party. Yeah, the, you know, they should all be treated the same. Yet these uh, these two parties are given first, uh, given total control over that box. They're they're allowed to be on a primary that you and I have to pay for. The, the primary should be obviously be open. But when it comes to the party establishments, they should have their own primary, their own convention someplace else outside of the public ballot. If you're going to have it on the public ballot, then every party should be allowed to participate in it. So we have so much to clean up in the elections. We really don't have the um, representation of our choice. And the worst thing we could have is for the federal government to take over. Look what they did to education. Yeah, it's just it's it, well. I think then you, the powers that be will literally be the ones picking our president. Oh yeah, exactly. You're going to have a, a couple of people are going to say, "Oh yeah, look at that." And what was it? Um, 
Oh, it was over the Middle East, some place where 99% voted for the person. It's like, there's never going to be a case where 99% of the American people would ever vote for the same. But I can see that coming out. I can see something as crazy as that coming out by the way they tabulate it. You want to talk about cooking the books, they would definitely be cooking the the ballot box, the book, you know. Uh, Or or make it look. Yeah, or make it look close just so that they think they're pulling the wool over our eyes. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I have no doubt they're cooking stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, like in Idaho, I mean, they seem to be really Republican more, uh, uh, so maybe they don't have to. But I know they have their little rules. You're not supposed to try to... Um, go in and mention who you voted for, to tote someone to uh, people. And I walked out this time, had my fist clenched. I said, Rand Paul Revolution. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know, sometimes you just got to ignore it and just say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I am. And you can all just stick it. When I, years ago, when it was a choice between Bush and, uh, and the caucus, I voted for Morris Cat. I wrote him in. And I told them, and it made the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to stick it in their faces and say, I'm going to do this and this and this and say this and this. And, um, you know, uh, the Green Party, I like the Green Party. I like Jill Stein. I, 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 is that how you She got 3.5% really, right now in the, in the most recent poll I've seen. I, I like her. Um, I'm, I'm voting for Trump. Sadly, I really don't want to. But my hands are tight in this, but if I had my druthers, I would vote for her. I don't agree with everything she says, but she's got a lot of good points, better than Gary Johnson, and I used to support him. And I think he was a good Yeah, I mean, or, or, or there's Castle from the Constitution Party. We don't hear much from him, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I do like the Constitution Party. You know, I do have affinities for the Green Party, you know, being an environmentalist. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, she would be – she at this point – I mean, I voted for Virgil Goode for the Constitution Party in, in 2012. Let me tell you about a soul-of-the-earth guy uh, with him, or is him. And then um, – but this time, I mean, it's – and I even considered voting for, for Stein, but, I mean, I, I – any vote away – I need to vote away from Donald Trump, and I normally don't subscribe to this. I mean, listen to my archives, you know, or listen to the archives. Uh, in the show, and you'll hear my, uh, you know, my stance on uh, on that, you know, vote your conscience, stuff like that. But my conscience now is telling me that, yeah, while Trump wouldn't be the first person I'd want to vote for, uh, my conscience is telling me to vote for Trump because we can, this, this time, what, what it comes down to, in my opinion, in this election, and and Sean Hannity says has said this probably for the the past three election cycles in a row, presidential election cycles in a row, but he might actually have it right this time and say, this is the most important election in our lifetime. Maybe not lifetime, at least yeah. recently. I mean, I think Reagan Carter was important in my lifetime. Uh, but now this one, because what I think we're truly voting for time around is we're, our choices. I think if you break it down to its most simplistic parts is you're either voting for globalism or nationalism. And if you're an American, which one are you going to vote for? That's what I think it comes down to. You got, you know, nationalism embodied by, you know, Trump, and then you have, uh, you know, globalism embodied by, 
Hillary Clinton. That's what I think it comes. That's 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 what I think it comes down to this year. Robert, I'd like yeah, to but let's go ahead and break. I have to, I have to agree. It's sad. <laughs> I don't want to be forced into a box. I hate it. I like going third party, and I just hate this. Oh, you don't know how despicable it is to my conscience to have to do this. Yeah, but Hillary Clinton would be a disaster for this country. What what do you what do you think, I know, uh, Dr. Ford? I know. Yeah, what 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 I do is bring up two points. For one is um Romney owns eight of your voting machines throughout America and they're registered in Venezuela and India. So there's already a control. Uh we filed suit on that. We also the antitrust violation on the two political parties. My next article is going to be about the 12th, 13th, 14th, uh, 24th Amendment showing uh, the rights of the state and how under a federal election, a state only has a right to time, places, and manners, but under a state uh, system of voting for the governors, uh, the primaries, as Sally had stated, have to allow all candidates and they cannot be funded by the state. They have to be funded by the political parties. So we're going to do a very complete, detailed dissertation as I write on things with an abstract and summary conclusions and all the things. And we're going to cover the four amendments. So within the next month, uh, we will have a, and I don't want to say an expert opinion, but it will be an expert opinion of what those four constitutional amendments are and how they're being violated by the federal government. So I wanted to bring up there is fraud currently. It is by Romney. There is a violation of 12, 13, 14th, and the 24th Amendment, and the states are not taking the responsibilities, and all governors need to be re-looked at, and there is clauses in every state on how to impeach a governor who has violated the U.S. Constitution, and the state of Florida has violated three. So that leads you to why Scott should be impeached. And Gene, let's go ahead and uh, bring that you know bring this subject over to you. Uh, right now, I, I don't know if I have too much uh, to say, but I am kind of concerned about. Uh, the government being involved because uh, the FBI and didn't want to do anything about Hillary. I I don't think that was kind of right. And now they want to have them, or at least that their government, the Obama government, as I understand, they wanted them to run the election. So how's that supposed to be on fair and, and unbiased or whatever else would happen? I'm very much not comfortable with that at all. But you have to go to the 24th Amendment and read the uh, rights of the federal government and the Elector College and how that Elector College was actually formulated and how, in its fact, it created a problem because we're a republic and not a dem- uh, democratic government and how, under a federalism and sovereign states, that we have lost these rights. It goes back to the fact a state can refuse Supreme Court rulings, and many people don't realize that. Uh, we can also go into 75% uh, of the states are now uh, a small number, like eight of them, looking for a constitutional conference. 
So there are means legally that are not being used today, and we have to understand what it meant, what was the purpose behind it, and many people have a misinterpretation of the four amendments that I mentioned. So we're going to put it down in a little more detail with some background and history, why these things took place, and how uh, Jefferson said the two-party system, how the Electoral College was actually established by Lincoln so that he could get uh, elected because he could not get elected by popular vote. So there was a lot of things going on in our past that's created a system that gave the government control that are unconstitutional and our Congress is not doing their job. Hey, just remember, Representative Simpson in Idaho says that we're a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know he don't know what he's doing. Let's get... well, I agree, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's go ahead and bring in John. Uh, let's welcome John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Robert. It's been a great show listening to everybody and bringing their perspectives. Um, on this particular topic, I'm thinking back on a, I don't know how many shows ago, I think Kelly was talking about watchthevoteusa.com. You know, doesn't mm-hmm. that touch? Watch the vote USA.com and his and I think he's connected with the networkamerica.org too. And anybody that might be listening that is interested in trying to find out how to participate in straightening out some of these things might want to look into those groups. That's watch the vote USA.com and networkamerica.org. I don't know a whole lot about them. I just heard about them a couple of shows ago on this. Um, show so I thought it seemed pertinent at this point to um, kind of point that out yeah definitely I mean I'm going to send that uh, link in to uh, Kelly and also to Jim Conda Jr. who we've had on the show a number of times uh, because that's definitely something he's working on as well and he's probably already aware of it I would say I would think Uh, but you know it's definitely a conversation for us to have I know we're uh, Still working on trying to get uh, Mr. Pat Buchanan on the show. Of course, you know that's not an easy feat, uh, but we're still going to. But just a little note, unfortunately, and he, he's not, not going to be able to uh, call in, or I'm sorry, he's not going to be able to uh, call back in, is we lost uh, Dr. Tolbert uh, on the line. And unfortunately, as you know, uh, Sally, it's, uh, once we're into our extended period, or what we sometimes lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, once you uh, – Drop the call. Unfortunately, you're not able to uh, call back in, which is unfortunately some. I uh, would like to have heard more from uh, Dr. Colbert tonight. Robert, can I briefly um, ask Sally a question too? Uh, well, of course, she got the floor, and uh, she's of course going to you know can answer. Good. Oh, great! I didn't know if she was still on or not. I haven't heard from her in a while. Yeah, but, Sal- um, yeah, Sally's here. Miss yeah. um, Lancaster. Have, do they determine who her guardian is yet? Is that like another uh, relative, like a daughter or son? Who, who uh, has guardianship? Yeah, the court appointed the guardian. The, the, this uh, July made it one year that this guardianship has been in place. The um, 
up until that point, I thought it was um, myself, while not being too well versed on Florida guardianship, thought it was some type of a legal, a limited guardianship. I had no idea they had taken away even her voting rights at that point. Um, so it was all pretty strange. And it was when I took her to vote back in March when they said that she had been rendered totally incapacitated and that she had no rights that I found out how bad this guardianship thing was. Um, she has no children, so that was the other um, Miriam and I have called each other unofficially adopted mother and daughter for years, and when all this was happening, um, my father, when when she first got the power of attorney, and some other things I want to go into too much detail, but my own father had been ill, and, and he passed away in 2014, and so she had um, had somebody else be the power of attorney, and then one thing led to another on this other stuff, and in the beginning, uh, I knew the person who was the power of attorney, and I really didn't have any concerns. I mean, I at that point, I could say I was trusting this person too. Uh, I didn't realize how crazy this whole thing could possibly get. I did not uh, – and like I said, I had no idea what a plenary guardian was. I had just – it wasn't until I took her out to vote that I realized how badly – what they really had done to this lady and didn't you know, mm. have become much more knowledgeable since then. And um, there is some attempt to uh, change, which I say the suggestion, the capacity um, suggestion of capacity letter that Miriam sent to the judge was asking for her right to choose who her guardian was, but we haven't seen anything happen on it yet. She wants to change the guardian. Well, I was curious, where's her family members? That's kind of why I was asking the question, because, I mean, you seem to be standing in the gap as her family, so to speak. But it made me wonder, well, where's her actual family, and why is it that they allowed this to happen to her and steal her guardianship? Because you would think that they would have, whether it be a aunt or a cousin or somebody, that would be interested in, um, well, not only that, just this, well, I don't want to open another can of worms, but you don't, you don't yeah, have open any worms. Other... We're in Bard's Logic After Dark. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to start another rabbit trail Because it gets all Going too many different directions And we don't get focused Well there there was like a cousin She does have some cousins And uh, But for the most part They they were uh, The one cousin was involved at one point But ever since this guardianship happened I, I haven't seen or heard from him uh, I believe he got her her Cadillac. I'm sure he, uh, that's my understanding is he did get her Cadillac. Uh, but I haven't seen or heard from him since then. Uh, the other um, cousin. The vultures. Uh, I've seen... <laughs> yeah, you have to wonder. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I would have known then what I know today, you know. Uh, last famous words on that one. Um, and the other, they, they just don't seem to have the time they don't want to be bothered i i don't know like you just don't see well they came to a, a, her 100th birthday party they did something for that the guardian her guardian was not even going to do anything for her 100th birthday i mean you know even obviously that's not a law or any whatever else but can you imagine someone's turning 100 years old and you're the guardian and you don't think that means anything you say oh i really that's haven't ridiculous. thought about it <laughs> i mean this is yeah, my dad just turned 86 we had a party for him this weekend yeah, exactly. And it's like, how could you totally ignore this like this? How, and I'm, I'm just totally convinced yeah, that this person doesn't care. One other, so. one other question, Sally, I, I wanted to ask too. But well, I guess it's kind of a combination here. 
is for those listeners who might be listening right now that um, want to be able to check out the video for let you know let me vote video. Um, I was curious as to is there what's the URL you know the URL the web page that they can go to see that and does that web page include the phone number to call Judge Rodriguez and Rick Scott if they want to try to. Um, let them know hey, this is not American, and that way they can have those phone numbers to call them. Is the, in that video. I've actually got the link in the phone number here on on the on the page here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, so just, just go, go to, to the show blog, page. Uh, go to com or the. Yeah, well, no, the it's not on there, but yeah, here on uh, here on Blog Talk Radio on the for the description of the show. Uh, then I, I do have a link to that video as well as uh, contact information. And is it also on blog uh, bargelogicpoliticaltalk.com and blog No, it's radio? not. But what I can do is put it. I, I can put it on. Yeah, I can put it on the website, and I can also put it on the. Uh, and I'm copying it right now. So what I can also do is, as I'm doing this now, is going to the Barge Logic Political Talk page on Facebook. And I'll go ahead and uh, put it there so people can uh, visit the page and put that, there we go, and see that YouTube, the YouTube video. And on the on the page on Sally's website, does it actually, you know, encourage people to contact Judge Rodriguez and his phone number or Rick Scott and his phone number? Do you know yeah, Sally? Yeah, I put it up. Yeah, I put it on the show page for American Statesman. I put it on my show page as well. I have put it out there on my Facebook page, and I'm actually going to spend some time. Um, I haven't had, had time to do it, but probably tomorrow or Friday I'm going to be out there on Facebook, and I'm going to be going out to a, a variety of um, Facebook pages for senior citizens, for voting rights, people who believe in liberty. I'm going to put it out there as much as I can. Um, so that people can contact them, and they can also reach me through the Facebook, and I'll put my email out there and stuff like that too. So, yeah, it's it's gonna, but it's out there some now, and I believe Dr. Tolbert uh, already put it on his um, Citizens for a Better America website as well. Are you Sally familiar with WatchTheVoteUSA.com? Uh, yes, I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I, I uh, yield the floor. <laughs> well, well, thank you for the I think uh, we got uh, uh, Yeah, I think we have Kelly on the line here So let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kelly Kelly, your mic's on uh, Thank you very much for coming to the show How are you? Uh, can you hear me? No nope. Yeah, we can hear you, Kelly Okay, you can hear me? Okay We can I hear you now, to- good Okay, well, it's a good thing you can't smell me. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> TMI. Okay, yeah. Scratching stands? All right. So, you know, my first radio interview after writing my book, it was so special, I decided to get a haircut the day before. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay. Anyway, so <clears throat> let's see. Robert said I can talk about anything I want. Well, I guess... Excuse me. I I have a lot of whatever it is in my lungs. We have wildfires going here, and the smoke. You can't even see two miles. Uh, sometimes it's only wow, a mile. Awful. 
we had a hundred acres, something went to five thousand, jumped the ridge, jumped the river. Five, uh, I think we're over ten thousand acres now. We've had some of these to go in a hundred two hundred thousand acres. So everybody in Siskiyou County smokes in August, and they quit smoking in September. Even cats and dogs are avid smokers. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> ah, okay. So let's see here. Uh, Sally mentioned calling some judge. Um, over, I'm sorry, over what, what issue is it that you want people to call a judge for? <laughs> you might want to start at the beginning of the show and get the full story. It's in reference to um, Miriam Lancaster. She's 100 years young, and they've taken away her rights to vote. They, um, uh, the state of Florida has um, said that she's totally incapacitated and assigned a plenary guardian to her. And this plenary guardian, when they do this, you basically have no rights. You are truly a ward of the state. You're just a piece of property to the state, and they will do as they feel like doing to you, and you have no rights, including the right to vote. Um, I have taken Miriam to vote in the presidential primary and in the state primary, which we just did this past weekend, and uh, they have taken her off of the voting registration even though she, with her walker, she goes into the precinct, she gives her ID, she tells them her name, she does all the basic stuff, and they're saying, well, the state says you're mentally incapacitated, totally incapacitated, and you're too dumb to vote, so we're not going to let you vote. Um, they gave her a provisional ballot in both cases because she was standing right there in front of them, proving that she was not totally incapacitated. Um, but we all know that at the end of the day, they're going to shred those two ballots, or they did shred those ballots. They're not going to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. So we want people to reach out to Judge um, Jose Rodriguez here in Orlando, Florida, uh, Ninth Circuit, uh, the Ninth Circuit um, Judicial Court, and all this other fun stuff um, here in Orange County, Orange County, Florida, and let him know if you watch the video with Miriam. The video was done. Uh, I guess it was like uh, six, probably eight months after they said she was totally incapacitated is when the Let Me Vote video was done. And the article from Channel 9 that was done was done in April, right after she tried to vote in March. So these were all done after she had been um, labeled totally incapacitated. So listen to those videos. And if you think she's totally incapacitated and shouldn't have the right to vote, well, tell the judge that, too, if that's what you think. But um, I think the majority of people, when they listen to these videos or, go, or listen to her in the video, are going to know she is not totally incapacitated and she should be given her God-given right to vote um, as an American. You know, if you can let the illegals vote, you ought to be able to let her vote. <laughs> wow. I, first of all, I have to communicate, lady, that you are phenomenally articulate. That was one of the most <clears throat> quick summaries of two hours that I've was on other conference calls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Absolutely stunning the way you did that. I was two hours on a conference call over election fraud and what we're doing here in California and possibly up in Oregon. But um, so oh, well, I, mean, you should, I should send you that. Uh, go, to, go to Bard's Logic. Uh, the the page on Facebook and um, yeah I've got a, I've got a link on there where now the Department of Homeland Security wants to uh, 
do a special declaration to take charge of the elections because of the, the so-called uh, fraud going on. No, not fraud, uh, the, hacking. Wait, the Department of Justice wants to take over? No, the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> oh, even worse. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Scary. Oh, it's so bad. But, you know, it's like Stalin saying, oh, my gosh, the election was so bad that my opposition won. I guess I'm going to have to take over just for the security of the nation. Oh, you know, I won, says Stalin in the vote. Okay. Um, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So back to Mr. Rodriguez, uh, the judge. Obviously, that's the Ninth Circuit in Florida, not its state court, because Ninth Circuit is out here on the left coast. Um, right. <clears throat> right. Okay. So, when I first heard um, somebody calling out to the people to call a judge, I was like, oh, my gosh, red flag. You never call a judge. This is not – they're not representatives. It doesn't work, and you offend the judge and hurt your case badly. However, lady, compliments to you. In this rather unique situation, I would actually support calling a judge. Um, it's going to be a little annoying for the court, but – it could work. Uh, it, it's so risky. It's so risky to ha- to melt the uh, courthouse phone lines with all these calls. It is so risky to do this. But in this case, I think I think uh, I think it, it's valid. It, it, it's worth doing. It's worth taking the risk. Um, wow! Because I was cringing. I was literally cringing. Like. Really? You're gonna call a judge? Everybody call a judge? They're oh, it's gonna piss the judge off. It's gonna piss off the courthouse. Whatever case you're doing, you're done. You're toast. Oh, oh, oh! We got this lady here who was told she can't vote. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, I support this one. It's a rare thing, but I and I hope Rodriguez listens. Uh, for my well, main you on that. We've gone through the procedures of the suggestion of capacity letters. Um, Miriam wrote her own to the judge, and then through me and two other friends of hers have written them too. We get no response. We've gone through the process, but because of a plenary guardianship, Miriam has no access to any of her money. Uh, what money she did have is gone at this point too, so she has no resources to go and hire an attorney, and unfortunately um, I'm not, I don't have it either. If I had, you know, an extra twenty, thirty thousand dollars laying around, I would be more than happy to go get a <laughs> attorney who would do something. Uh, we've been seeking a pro bono attorney, but you can't. You, you know, the other resources are out there. It's like, so it's um, this is kind of like the last shot. It's like, okay, w- the judge isn't talking to us, even though we reach out to him. So we're gonna keep not. We're just gonna start knocking on the door. And as the expression goes, uh, no guts, no glory. Well, there you go. I'm. Uh... Robert, you got to have this lady on more often. This is—I I, this woman's a kick. <laughs> she's a kick. Well, I'm she gonna, does have she does have a uh, yeah does uh, she does have a show uh, her own as well, the uh, American Statesman. Oh really? Gosh, I'd love mm-hmm. to listen to it. Is it Blog Talk or is it? Uh, Local. It's blog talk. Blog talk uh, on Monday. I have my show on Monday, and then I uh, I let someone else use the time slot on uh, Tuesday for some stuff they cover, but I, I do the Monday show. Okay. 
American statesman. Okay. Well, I would, I would bet you're a very pretty statesman because you're female. Um, <laughs> see, I, I just discovered that, uh, you know, when statesmen are female, they're just much more prettier than, than men. Um, anyway. Oh, gosh. I didn't expect to kind of go this direction, but it's just, it's just fun and it's funny. We are in Bard's Logic after dark, remember, so it's allowed. Well, <laughs> That's where we can tell I'll tell you one joke. This is something. I didn't get a compliment. Do. <laughs> Doing the talk show. Let me, let me just one quick joke here. And this has been true because I, I talk to people on the phone all the time for through work and also in, in the, the blog talk. And I've been guests on other radio shows and stuff. And, and then when people meet me, they see that I'm vertically challenged. And they they say, you sound so much taller on, on the t- on the radio show. For real, that's weird. Huh. How tall? How, how, how tall do I sound then? How, how tall do I sound? That, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I myself, I never really thought about it. It was just kind of funny meeting people, and then uh, I, I maxed out at five feet. So five feet tall, short, whatever you want to call it, I just say I'm vertically challenged. And they say you just sound so much taller on the phone or on the show. <laughs> Susan, did you say something about compliments or something earlier? I thought I heard your your your, your voice uh, there. Ah, yes, he was complimenting her. I, he never ever given me a compliment like you're pretty. Wow, <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> See comments now like that, Kelly. You get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because she said a statesman. See that that's what that's it. well we could say that you know you're a pretty grandma see because that's your your blog is uh you know what do you call the name of your blog I just I get the email but I don't see the name of it yep you don't would you call yourself a grandma or something like that um no actually Alan made that up but um it's oh, uh, okay. the granny channel the granny channel. Granny, yeah, we'll see, see, you're granny, see, so. <laughs> You know, you can be a grandma when you're in your 40s, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. So, I guess he, he thinks I'm older. <laughs> you know, at one time, all of us were vertically challenged. <laughs> I'm sure. Some of us know still are. Wasn't there a song? Yeah, wasn't there a song in like the uh, late seventies or early eighties about short people? <laughs> sure nah, I don't know. Short people are great people. I don't. Know. I'm I, I'm a whopping five six. So what the heck? I have a Napoleon oh. complex. No, I don't. You know, my mother always said good things come in small packages. So diamonds come in That's small right. packages and other things. So there you go. <laughs> Hey, all I can say is that because I'm smaller, I'm better for the environment. Oh. I don't need as much air. I don't need as much. I don't need as much air. I don't need as much food. I don't need as much water. (laughs) Because you're you're smaller, there's not going to be a whole bunch of kids running around. Yeah, so, well, I like to have a bunch of kids for myself running around. Uh, but let's go ahead. Uh, changing topic here. There's been an audio clip I wanted to play. 
You um, completely what I just well, said. And a cave, and a cave, and a smaller person would get out of the cave to get for some help. Oh, you know that reminds wow. me, uh, and I'm going to digress just a little bit, uh, and then I'm going to play this audio clip I've been wanting to play. Is that, and I wanted to play it for a couple of weeks now. Ever since, actually, I've been wanting to play and discuss it uh, ever since the GOP convention. I mean, since we got a little bit of time, I want to play that and get some comment uh, for before we wrap things up for the night. Uh, is that since we brought up the you know, military and, and coming out? Anyway, when I was uh, in, in high school. And getting ready to graduate, you know, the Army that they go. And I went to an all-guy high school. And so the Army goes there and they're trying to recruit. And this guy, this guy is one of the reasons why I did not join uh, the Army, is that, I, you know, I wanted to go in to be a sniper. And this guy just kept on hammering me, saying, oh, you mean, you'd be great. You'd be great for tunnel. Now, for me, tunnel rat just even sounded bad. Like, you're going to – a rat, really? But he's like, oh, because of your size, you'd be great to be in these little tunnels and this, that, blah, blah, I'm like, look, if I want to get in, I'm interested in, in learning how to be a sniper. Oh, no, you don't want to do this. He, the guy kept trying to talk me out of wanting to be a sniper. You know, he kept trying to talk me into being on these tunnel rat people. Oh, the prestige, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. And so I just said, you know what, forget it. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And was that one recruiter who maybe said – I was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You know, this is what I want to do. If I get into the army, I want to be a sniper. You know, you're try, you're going to try to scare me, and who knows? And, and my impression as an 18 year old youth was like, you know what? I'm going to go want to go in and try to get sniper training, and they're going to make me do this tunnel rat thing, which I don't want to do. So you know what? I'm just not going to join. And so, uh, well, that's that short little story. But anyway, I do want to play this audio clip, and I will be keeping the mics open. So if there is going to be any background noise, if you could. Uh, just mute the mics because I will keep your mics on. Uh, and this is actually, you know, what they're talking about, make America great again. And I think this, you know, it still ties in, you know, with our voting. And, and, and we want to bring America back because, you know, in America that we all we remember, the things that are happening to Miriam would not. And it looks like, unfortunately, you lost somebody's call. Um, and so that's not good. And so that, that might have even been our guest. And so, yes, it is, unfortunately. It looks like we lost Sally's call. Well, I'm so still we'll here. Just go. Oh, the song came, so I used the same area code. Maybe it was, uh, who was it? I'm trying to see who that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm still Okay, here. perhaps that was Gene. That might have been Gene's. Uh, I, I apologize for that. The, the, the numbers were real close. But anyway, uh, you know, we're talking about making great America great again. You know, at least for those who support Donald Trump, which we we know at this point that I do, and that is, as I said, I think he's more of a nationalist than Jesus said. But anyway, is that the talk about making America great again? And there's two people. I wish I had time to pay two clips. One guy is Dennis Lambert. He's actually running uh, in Ohio uh, for the uh, House for the U.S. House. Unfortunately, I will not be able to vote for him because he's not in my district. So I'm unable to vote for him because, well, he's not. And he's from the Green Party. And I want to vote for him because one of the things he talks about that no other politician I've heard talk about, either nationally or locally, is us finally moving beyond the Earth and getting, you know, getting someone on Mars. He's the only one who's ever talked about stepping human feet on Mars. And – one of the things that uh, struck me is, and this is from the audio clip, it's not his, but 
this is from Eileen uh, Collins, and you may or may not know is uh, she was the first female in space, and so she wants you know talks about you know reinvigorating, which was destroyed by the way by uh, Obama, uh, our space program, and so I want to play this audio, get some uh, some thoughts, and you know as I said, it kind of ties in because you know with tonight's show is it's not really about elections, but it is about something we've talked about, and I think the theme is what, what's happening uh, to our country and, and what we need to, to come back. And Well, let's just hear this audio. To command a space shuttle mission. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. They took with them an American flag and a plaque bearing the inscription, Here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. <laughs> countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that 
visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again, what's next? We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America. And what's next, folks? And who's got that vision? Certainly not Hillary Clinton. And if we let folks such as Miriam, even though she's voted for some Democrats, but the people not vote, they have what we talked about tonight about our federal government take over our voting system. I say that what Eileen Collins was talking about will not happen because we're going to get the same thing, the status quo. It's been over 40 years. So we talked about the same topics. We have the same issues, election cycle after election cycle. And that was Susan, by the way, who unfortunately was able had to drop. She had to go. But what, what's going to happen? We cannot let our voting, which has already, we know, been manipulated, then, you know, even worse, the federal government taking over. We're going to have the same elections, the same issues over again. I mean, think about it. We're all, you know, in our, what, maybe 40s, 30s, above. Think of all, you know, the past elections. We're all, we're always talking about our debt. We're always talking about war, some type of war going on, some type of, uh, you know, the debt. We also talk about immigration. We've been dealing with these same topics for 30, 40 years, three, four decades. We don't talk about these things that Eileen was talking about earlier anymore. When are we going to get back to that? Well, uh, can I make a comment here, Uh, Robert? Hello? Can Can I comment about that lady talking about the space program? Well, I'm. I. This is Sally. Do you hear me? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Robert must have dropped off or something. Go ahead and talk. Okay. Uh, no, no. I'm. Go ahead and say whatever you're saying. I just wasn't sure what was happening. <laughs> oh, I think Robert. Yeah, Robert. Something happened. I don't know what it was, but okay. So, Robert, if you can hear me. There was a reason for that lady to be so excited, that clip about space exploration and going to Mars, and she's so excited about putting a man on the moon. You know, it happened in 1969. Yeah, okay, woohoo! we put a man on the moon. Do you know why? And it was a woman spokesman. And, like, of course, the most excited fraction of America, the most excited fraction of America for getting a man on the moon to be the women. And do you know why? It's because if you can put one man on the moon, why not put them all? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and, and, then, and then if there's not enough room on the moon, get them, get them, 
to Mars. Don't say who looks up for anything else. <laughs> okay, Robert. And John, do we still have it? you? Hello? Robert, are you there now? Something tells me the show has gotten has has ended. <laughs> I, I guess we don't hear it. Uh, I guess we don't hear it, John. So, uh, Gene, are you still uh, there in the line? I see John on the line, but I don't hear him. Uh, so, what about you, Gene? I am still here. Okay, good. Uh, we're just saying, was there any comments on what you heard with uh, Eileen Collins on what she had to say? Well, that was a sighting man uh, time putting people on the moon and they were sending. I thought, well, they'd be the Mars. They'd be on the now all the excitement, that space program. But that's been how many years ago? Like maybe 50 years ago or it's way been back when and nothing's much happened since. Yeah, that's very true. disappointing. That's all we need yeah, again. Yeah, like that. So let's go ahead, and I know you got uh, you you got a joke for us as well, Kelly. Uh, and of course, we do like a little brevity. Uh, so go ahead and uh, with your joke, and then your and your comments on uh, her, you know, her audio uh, that we just heard uh, about our space program. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh well, I basically said she's so excited because she's a woman. They're the most excited people about the space program because if you can put one man on the moon, why not put them all? <laughs> Oh, wow. Is that your joke? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, yeah, a space program that's really good, a lot of innovation, a whole positive goal for a nation is, is so awesome, though, because it unites a nation. The best of us comes out. Innovations, inventions, uh, advances in science, all that stuff. Um, stuff, you know, that science stuff. I don't know. I happen to have a master's degree in science, but that doesn't matter. Anyway. Well, we got, um, I heard we get a six-to-one uh, ratio um, return money-wise on, you know, for every dollar of that operation, uh, we get $6 back and, you know, like technologies and, and things of that nature. No, I never, I never heard that before. Wow. Um, that must be a biased female statistic. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. He's teasing girls. Yeah, yeah, well, I've had had sisters and cousins, and, you know, I saw my cousin last week, haven't seen her in years, and she always teases her, and she hits me. I don't know why women hit me, because, like, yeah, I'm teasing her, and they hit me, like, what? You know, it's like women feel comfortable around me enough that they can hit me. Anyway, all right, so um, let's see. Last week, I was before a grand jury. Anybody here have been before a grand jury before? Um, something to do with election fraud. And uh, it was pretty cool. I can't tell you what happened inside because I've been admonished by the court to not say anything. It's like uh, it's like Vegas. What happens there stays there. Um, but I can tell you some interesting things that are kind of real general have nothing to do with the matter. It's not a case. case is a court case. In front of a judge, a matter is before a grand jury. Um, let's see. So I got a call, and we talked a little bit. Okay, set up the time. I showed up. 
I brought my um, big screen TV. I brought a laptop so I could do a presentation. You know, it was a few people. There was no prosecutor. There was no judge. We sat around the table, and we talked about uh, the matter that I had presented. And da-da-da-da-da, everyday people lasted about an hour, and then I left. And so it was a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, I've been talking about the grand jury for a few years. It's a little hobby I seem to have. Um, but we shall see what happens. Um, <clears throat> the election fraud is really a chronic problem. A bunch of people are uh, stepping forward, and I'm talking to uh, Bernie Sanders people, which I talked tonight on the conference call, what can we do? Uh, a lot of people have this plan, that plan, et cetera, because they know Hillary Hillary just should not even have won California. I mean, it's like the Bernie Sanders people, he was going to only have three visits, three speeches, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, whoa, these California people like me. Next thing you know, he's scheduling, you know, a couple a day, and a few days notice, 5,000 people are showing up, 7,000 here, there, there, all over the place. And Bernie Sanders bumper stickers and Bernie Sanders uh, yard signs are going up all over like weeds. And Hillary has trouble filling a Starbucks. And all of a sudden, Hillary Clinton won. I was like, really? So they know there's a big election fraud going on. So we're, you know, on that. So, and by the way, if Hillary didn't win California, she would not have won the national convention. Had Bernie won, which Mm -hmm. looks like. If it was an honest election, he would have won California. He would now be the Democratic nominee, not uh, Hillary Clinton. So it's a really oh, yeah, bizarre. I the whole thing's rigged for her. Yeah, it's a golden child like the Romulan in uh, 2012. Did I say Romney or Romulan? I can't tell the difference. Anyway, uh, as you can tell, same thing. Yeah, yeah. As you can tell, I like to interject a little bit of humor where I can. But so, yeah, the Romulan was a golden child. Now we got the Hillary Clinton in uh, uh, today's golden child, and it doesn't matter. Establishment just says, look, okay, this person's going to win, and it's in this party, and they're going to be the nominee in that party, and this and that, and all these game show that I'm wondering if that's what the election is. It's a game show. And thank you, participants. And as a consolation prize, you get rice aroni, the San Francisco treat. Okay. Um, I like rice roni, but I yeah, digress. That from, yeah, that was from uh, – I always thought it was so funny because, like, wait a minute, the price is right. You know, you watch that, up growing, you watch that growing up as a kid. This person wins a car. This person wins thousands of dollars. Somebody wins a refrigerator for Maytag. And the people go home with a $2 box of rice roni. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know – Anyway, um, so, yeah, we have a game show going on here with our election, and uh, some say Trump are gonna, Trump's going to win, some say Hillary's going to win, it's a slam dunk for Hillary, and the correct answer is if the election is honest, Trump's going to win, if the election is a fraud, Hillary's going to win, and toss a coin right now, I mean, literally flip a coin, if we're going to see Trump or Hillary honest or not. Um, it's pretty freaking mind-blowing. I mean, it's okay to elect somebody who's killed a whole bunch of people. I guess that's okay because that's better than Trump. Trump is uh, supposedly all this, that, and the other thing, and Hillary, oh, he's going to go ahead and overlook that she's killed people. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, it's I, I hello. Um, she's, did I mention she's killing people and you want to vote for her? Oh, that's okay. You know, oh no, that's oh well, they don't they don't believe that. You know, that's conspiracy theories. What even some intelligent people I know think. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, how did I hear about Seth Rich, who leaked to WikiLeaks that? Uh, the campaign was um, basically breaking the election. How did I hear about Seth Rich? Oh, the right from the Bernie Sanders people. Oh, that's right. They happen to be all oh, right. Democrats. And yes, Hillary's going to win the election. Yes, okay. So America is going to, and, and there are Bernie Sanders, and I mentioned that I mentioned Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders fans? Bernie Sanders fans who've been watching the death count behind Hillary. That I mentioned my finger is now pointing very uh, frustrating. Can you hear my finger bouncing on this? Like, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Julian Assange's attorney got killed. Other people are going to testify about the Benghazi. Oh, sorry, they can't make it today because they ended up dead. This little accident here. And so, really, to me, to believe the media results, that Hillary Clinton is going to win the general election, even though she's a murderer? It's like, oh, no, what's really going on is the media is conditioning our mind, conditioning our mind to accept the election that was fraudulent electronically Mm -hmm. to bring in a murderer into the presidency. Um, It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing how deep this is that the media is actually conditioning us to make us believe that, oh, Hillary won when it was electronic slippery. Um, I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't know anybody who would vote for president who's a murderer. I just, I just can't, I don't, I mean, you know, I, I, I just, you know, so how are we supposed to believe the results? I, I it's just, the, the only way she can win is electronic election fraud. And let's uh, bring that over to because uh, we're just looking at the clock. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and bring that over to you, uh, Sally, to uh, comment on what Kelly said, and then your your closing thoughts for tonight. <laughs> well, the elections are so. Thank corrupt. you. Do we get? Yeah. Yeah. The the elections are so corrupt, and you know we truly get the government we deserve because we keep allowing these people to do this stuff and getting away with it. And it's uh, sooner or later we have to take it back. And I've I've said for years, you know, you can forget changing anything if you can't even control your own ballot box. I like the story the um, Battle of Athens when they go out there and the ballot box had been corrupted and they took it back. And that's what we truly need to do. And you know, it's point well taken. It's like. Uh, how how can Hillary even be out there? It shows how bad off we truly are. We have no rule of law. What's happening to Miriam Lancaster should be of no surprise when you have the likes of a Hillary Clinton who, you know, people die all around these people. And, the, and what they do with the Clinton Foundation is money laundering, and that's illegal. But they seem the Teflon rule, they get away with it. The law doesn't apply to them. And, and it's just a very sad state of affairs for where where we are and what we've become. And if the American people don't uh, grow a backbone and start standing up for something, uh, some true core values, it truly is over. And this election, 
Um, you know, I understand the people saying the lesser of two evils, Trump over Clinton, but um, I, I'm just not quite ready to surrender that way yet. I There's lots of things. When it comes to Trump, he says a lot of things that I really like, the immigration stuff. and, and um, But when I also know he corrupted the process, too, by buying off local um, officials so he could get his eminent domain stuff. And, of course, you know, he did invite the Clintons to the wedding routine and all this other, or went to their wedding or whatever it was. So he is he playing to an audience? Is he playing to an audience, and is he really going to do what he's saying? I, I don't know. I have a lot of concerns. He was, he's, does he really understand the Constitution? I don't know. So I don't know. I have I have many concerns all about all around the different things going on with our um, elections and with our country. And if Americans don't start to stand up for something and be willing to fight for something, then it's really over anyway. It's um, we may have already fallen and we're just too dumb to know it. Well, no, unfortunately, and, that may be the case, and I think we truly will have fallen with uh, with Hillary Clinton being being president. I mean, you know, I've always said that I mean, he wasn't my first pick, and I have. Voted and I support third parties, and I would really like to break up this duopoly between, you know, with the just the Republican and Democrat role. I would really like to be able to break that up, but the reality is, is you know, until that happens, I mean, until the people wake up to that, then it's going to unfortunately still be a two-party system. And what we've got now is, as you pointed out, uh, a Hillary versus. you know Donald Trump, and as I, you know stated earlier, I think that the choices, if you break down, can, is is pretty simple. It's between nationalism or globalism. Which which side do you want to be on? You want to you want to be for you know this the the, the new world the new world government where we're just a part of it, uh, whereas it probably not uh, with a lot of folks, uh, especially with in Hillary Clinton's mind, I don't think uh, an important part. Uh, and except that you know if they could rape and pillage our resources, or you can have uh, you know you know a nationalist in, in, in voting for Donald Trump. I, mean, I think it's, I think it comes down to that. It, it comes down that simple. Uh, do you, you know which one you want to stand for? Well, I mean, people, you know, people. I mean, it, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say the 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 true the fact is the lesser of two evils is still evil. So the American people have said, we believe in evil now. We, that's The best we can do is evil, even though the vast majority of people are totally against both of them. The vast majority of Americans. If you could get every American who's disgusted with both of them to vote for anybody else, they couldn't get elected. But you, because you have the special interest and the money and the establishment mm-hmm. out there, brainwashes the media as well as the what they do as far as um, – uh, all the special deals, the sweetheart deals, and everything else going on, you have a totally corrupt process. So to be honest, it's not going to, uh, to a certain degree, it wouldn't matter anyway. But if every American who truly opposed it, who opposed both of these people, would not vote for them, we could make a difference. But unfortunately, the American no, people don't seem to have the backbone anymore. And personally, maybe, and this may sound kind of sick, and there's plenty of people who would want to chop my head off for saying it. I'd probably be beheaded by somebody here in this country. Um, but maybe by getting something as crazy and nutsy as Hillary in there, maybe that would make people stand up and do something. I don't know. Are they still too scared? No. But the fact, the fact that she's even running shows you have no rule of law. You know. And then, of course, truly, Donald Trump. 
People try to justify Donald Trump and his eminent domain and his buying off local public officials as that was just being a good business person. So in other words, the only way you can do business in America is to be corrupt and go buy off the local officials. Okay, this is what we've become. So have we already? That is what we've become. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, it. So maybe it's time this country With this past weekend, it's, it kind of amazed me a little bit. I don't know why, but it did. This past weekend, I finally, and me being as I am, surprised me that I haven't seen it before this weekend, but you hear about this movie a lot, and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It was on this past weekend, and I actually got the opportunity to watch all of it. It was fascinating to see, even though it was in black and white, uh, the Senate, uh, you know, when I was just in the gallery at the Senate this past summer, and I sat in there for two hours listening to a session of Senate, and how even in black and white you could tell how little it has changed since 1939 when they filmed the movie. Uh, um, it, was, it, was, it was fascinating. But beyond that, but as I said, the movie was made, I believe, in 1939, and a big part of the movie was about government corruption. And I'm thinking 1939, that's over a half a, half a century old. That movie is, it's almost a century old. We've been talking about government corruption. And even in Hollywood for almost a hundred years. And we're still there. And it's worse. If the, if the American people, have been talking about and realized and know it exists, government corruption, for almost 100 years. What is it going to take, as you said, for them to wake up? For us to, you know, not us, we're, we're awake, but for the rest of them. And people were saying, oh, it's going to, take a, it's, it's going to have to take a, a, an Obama, a second, a second, uh, you know, second term of Obama. Well, if Hillary Clinton gets elected, it's not going to be – it's going to take more than a, a second. You know, that didn't happen. And you mentioned Hillary Clinton. Who knows if that didn't happen? I know we're trying to get – and I don't, you know, subscribe to it, you know, as it is. But, you know, I've got a book here. Um, I'm trying to get the author on, uh, Arno Froese, uh, about how democracy will elect the Antichrist. And he, he contends it may not even be somebody from the United States. But anyway, the point is, is when is it going to be to that point? And, and you mentioned the evil, when someone like Hillary Clinton could get elected. I mean, let's hope it doesn't take that because I think we will truly have fallen or will or were very close heading to it with her. I'm more concerned, and this is why I was able to vote for, you know, Virgil Goode and vote by conscience. I, you know, when Obama ran the second time, I am more concerned about. Obama, I mean, about Hillary Clinton than I ever was with Obama. I wasn't all that, you know, people were freaking out. Oh, my gosh, we're going to, you know, he's going to have martial law so he can have three terms. I, was like, I knew he was never, we were never going to have martial law for him to have three terms. It, it, it won't happen. But with Hillary Clinton, I mean, her being so above the law that she has been, and it's proven, and I, and she's got everybody behind her. I think she's got the FBI behind her. You know, I mean, look at Comey. I mean, now he put out that no reasonable person would prosecute her. Well, yeah, because why? I mean, there's people who are dying around this lady. And I mean, but and this, I know intelligent people who are going to vote for her. 
Um, yeah. I, I, I keep asking the question, how could any informed person with a conscience vote for this lady? But the, the other thing to remember, uh, to me, that's very significant, um, is that it was an irate, irate minority that did the, started the revolution. And that's what it's going to end up being again. History will repeat itself. 80% of the people are sheeple out there. That's just the way it is. 80% are sheeple. 10% are the ones who stand up and do something. 10% sit there and die and drop off because they never do anything. And then 80% follow. They just, that's, that's just, that seems to be the nature of the beast of humans. And who are going to be the ones who are going to be the ones to stand up and lead and, and, um, uh, make a difference, you know. But right now we're at that point, and may I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not happy with either of these people, and I'm really tired of voting for the lesser of two evil. I stopped doing it in the last few, few years, and I just said I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to um, uh, I'm not going to keep sacrificing. We can never change anything if we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And as soon as and you know I my what I've said all along, if Donald Trump takes down the the Republican Party, because it's been taken over by a bunch of progressives anyway, if Donald Trump takes down the Republican Party, he will be a hero in my eyes for that reason. I've been saying it for a long time. The Republican Party needs to go the way of the Whig Party and because it doesn't say anything. The Democrats, all they did, the Democrats ran as Republicans. Uh, that's all mm-hmm. they did. It's not rocket science. And because people are so addicted to a party platform, they they well, gosh, I have right. to vote for the Republican. What do you well, why? <laughs> if Hillary ran as Republican, <laughs> there'd be Republicans voting for. <laughs> wow. Hey, uh, you know, I mean, it's so sick. Well, well, uh, unfortunately, well, and unfortunately, we got to end it at that, and I think that is a good, yeah. uh, a good ending because I have to close things out, unfortunately. This is, like, again, one of those shows where we probably could have gotten in a fourth hour. Uh, but unfortunately, we've got to close things out. Uh, we will be continuing our discussions next week. Um, so we'll have to close things out uh, and end things. And I will tonight, as I do every night, and that is closed with the song by, uh, with a song, I should say, by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Sorry for cutting everyone off, but I have to do that. So take care, everyone. See you next week and have a good night. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming.